0: This is Mike, a.k.a. Moonwolf, a.k.a. Lockstep. Um, my family thinks I'm crazy, and they really always have. Ever since, I wouldn't accept a literal interpretation of the Bible as a young kid. That's really the first thing. And lately, it's I'm crazy for reading the ingredients on things or believing that non-ionizing radiation is still radiation. Anyways, have a good holiday, guys.
1: Hi, it's Rob B. Yes, my family thinks I'm crazy for too many reasons to list, but conspiracy, that's where we agree. My family thinks I'm crazy because despite living the life of a real housewife,
0: I've never been able to conform to society. And I had a superpower of not caring what other people think. Plus,
1: and nowadays, You cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube.
0: I'm Alan Marcus and my family thinks I'm crazy because I sit alone in a room talking into a microphone and I tell them I'm podcasting. I'm live streaming and what I say is important and it matters and no one else listens to me. And I'm sure your family thinks you're crazy too.
1: I'm Al, and my family thinks I'm crazy because I was a scientist that left the big farm industry to become a Reiki master and sell essential oils and crystals.
0: Yo, I'm Tuna, and my family thinks I'm crazy for a lot of fucking reasons, but conspiracy ain't one of them. Keep it real, man. Welcome to the My Family Thinks Some Crazy Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Palmer. And on today's show, we have an awesome guest. His name is Tim Grimes, making his second appearance here on the My Family Thinks Some Crazy Podcast. He's joining us to talk about his new podcast. And of course, we talked about the law of attraction and what's going on in my life and what's going on in 2022. Stick around for the end of the episode where we speak to my friend Alex Stein, get a little update on everything going on in the conspiracy castle, or should we say fitness castle? Thank you for tuning in to the, my family think some crazy podcast. And as usual, show us some love on Patreon, get a spirit animal name, get some bonus content. You can give us a one-time donation via PayPal. We love that. And that'll get you a spirit animal name as well. If you're not Keen on Patreon, but you'd be missing out because we have a bunch of bonus episodes there on the Patreon, and all of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy content goes there as soon as I'm finished. So you get early releases of these episodes as well. So help us out there. We also have some art that we're selling. Check that out. All the ways to support the show are on the website, myfamilythinksomecrazy.com, and join in on the Telegram. Joining in the community. We've got so much in store for 2022 and I am so excited to be here with another awesome episode of the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast. Shout out to our sponsors. We've got Audrey Lobdell. Check her out for all your tuning fork and Reiki needs. Akasha Goods, where you can find some really awesome candles and other interesting items to raise your vibration. And of course, through and the forest bathing services, uh, find out how to really enlighten yourself in the forest. I still have to sign up myself. Uh, And Elle, I got to give a shout out to our friend Elle. She's a Patreon and she makes these really cool essential oil rollers. Check her out at one thumb l on instagram all of those links are in the description so check that out and thank you so much to our sponsors thank you to our patrons and everybody who supports the show and makes this show possible i can't do it without you so thank you so much and thank you for listening enjoy this conversation with tim grimes spiritual counselor and best-selling author of books like relax more and try less and the joy of not thinking be sure to check out his new podcast, Law of Attraction Explored, and visit him and all of the things we talked about at RadicalCounselor.com.
2: called the law of attraction simplified so a lot of law of attraction titles cool. so we can talk about whatever i mean but wherever you want to take it
0: yeah and i i do want to have your uh podcast on the site too for the cooperative i think that would be awesome
2: yes yeah that'd be great i, I finally remembered to, to send that stuff over like i said
0: 20 episodes into it <laughs> <laughs> thank you man yeah no i appreciate it that's i mean it's better to to be on there with 20 episodes than than one or two for sure so right on yeah,
2: no, it, thank you for encouraging me um, to do it because it's, I've really, it's been fun to do, you know, I, like I, I thought a lot about how I wanted to format it before I started doing it and I, it's just been, it's been, I thought it would be fun to do and it's been, I've enjoyed it more than I even thought initially, so.
0: Right on. Well, here we are. So my family thinks I'm crazy podcast. I know we don't have a lot of time. I'm sorry about the delay and I'm pretty sure you said you have till five, right? So yeah, here we are, brother. Thanks for joining me back on the show again. For those who don't know, Tim has a new podcast called The Law of Attraction Explored. And I wanted to welcome him back on the show to get into that. We had you on episode 51 to talk about your book. And, uh, you know, this is a, a topic that I think is evergreen for me in the sense that no matter what's going on in my life, there's always an aspect that needs to be reflected on and improved upon, you know, we're always growing, changing. And, you know, since the last time we've talked, a lot has changed. My location is still the same, sadly, but that's what, you know, really, honestly, that's been a big, uh block in my life right now is like finding a new place to live and then not falling into the excuses of like, oh, well, the world is this way. And that's why I don't have, you know, an apartment or this is, I don't have this much money. So that's why I don't have an apartment and just trying to figure out, you know, exactly, you know, what's going on psychologically in my mind that may be blocking me from that opportunity to live elsewhere. And I'm, I'm really, you know, And it's all the more complicated when you're with somebody because now you're dealing with, you know, the energies and the blocks of two people, you know. So maybe that was super personal, but I'm not afraid to go there. What are your thoughts on, on that, you know, conundrum that I have right now?
2: Well, this is what it's all about. Right. As you said, when it comes to like the law of attraction, last time that I was on, we were discussing more like reeling. Like deep spirituality, like non-dual stuff, which is almost like sometimes we get to places psychologically where like nothing matters, right? Like you can't even describe it. And it's in from that space, I wouldn't, I'm hesitant to even call it a space, right? That like frame of reference. And for listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, I discuss this a little bit in my guide, The Joy of Not Thinking, which Mark and I talked about last time. From that frame of reference, there's no... There's like nothing, right? There's like no, there's no past or future. There's no improvement. There's no self-improvement. There's just like, everything just is, right? And that's a relief in and of itself. So that's like like a deep angle when we look at spirituality. But generally speaking, the way most of us are working with spirituality and practicing spirituality in, in our lives is this constant you know, process of, of trying to practically improve things exactly like you say, whether it's, you know, trying to find a new place to live or improving your health or improving your relationships or improving your finances, whatever it is. And while this, you know, what we were discussing last time is like the real far out stuff where like, you just go really deep and like, it's very hard to describe, but there's something there, that kind of stuff. Isn't necessarily even going to improve your life, really? It's just like when you recognize that you feel a sense of relief, which is like very powerful, in my opinion. Just, and it just, you know, it's just like holy cow. But most of this stuff, in almost every law of attraction type of thing, which obviously I'm relating to as well, is about this process of like self-refinement, where like inevitably you're running up against resistance, and you're moving through it, and the more comfortable you feel facing basically this fear of change the more comfortable you are of just kind of facing it and moving through it while still keeping your focus gently on what you do want like for instance in this situation you know a better living environment you know a new place to live generally speaking the more comfortable you can feel while that process is unfolding the faster it will happen Right. If that, if, and you know, you've probably heard that before, but I, I think what, what screws us up so often, I mean, there's so many things, quite frankly, that screw us up. And that's what interests me from like a stress management perspective. You know, you hear manifesting advice and it makes it seem like, oh, you know, you vision board or feel as if you live in a new place once or twice, and then you just move, you know, you find and it very, very rarely happens like that. It's more like, you know what you want. Your desire is like a real thing, like it's it's pointing you where you want to go when you feel connected to it, like you genuinely want to move to a nice place. Right. And then all this inner stuff is saying, oh, this isn't going to happen. There's all these reasons this can't happen. And you basically just have to be like this stuff's here. And even though this all these rational arguments are being made. It's okay, because that's bullshit compared to this deeper thing that's going on where my focus is. My focus remains, my depth remains with what I really want, and all these passing fears and thoughts are not going to remain. In other words, my desire, because it's so strong, is going to outlast them and outlive them. I'm going to relax into that and let that process unfold as, as best I can. And as quickly as I can by relaxing and, and facing my fear and not being freaked out by my fears while it's happening.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, you know, I guess that's why I wanted to bring this up first because it, it's a lot easier to talk about and a lot harder to do. And, and yeah, the like the daily struggles kind of take you out of that desire sometimes. And, I've found myself like in that sort of fear mindset a lot. And then, you know, doing what I do with the podcast, I'm not gonna have a conversation with someone if I'm not feeling at my best. So I started to realize like, oh, when I was feeling at my best and all those interviews were great and I had a really great feeling with those conversations, you know, that there was something to that, you know, there was something about that, that people enjoyed. So I almost feel hesitant now if I'm not feeling that way to have a a podcast scheduled, you know, because I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not going to be at my best. And as I'm saying this, I'm starting to wonder maybe if I should reverse that. And, and like, because really what it is, is the podcast is where a lot of that joy came from in the first place, you know? And, and once I get going, you know, I always find something to to talk about. So it's never a laborious thing, you know, compared to every other thing I've ever done to get paid, this is probably the the least paying, but the most rewarding, you know, and I really enjoy it in that sense. So now that we're here, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do about that, but there's part of me that feels like in a mystical kind of sense, and maybe even a law of attraction kind of sense, that the place that I'm living right now keeping me here for a certain amount of time and what i've been really angsty about is like where's that next place that i'm supposed to be you know because i have a friend that lives in pennsylvania i have a friend that lives in new hampshire i have a friend that lives in vermont these all seem like places that i might resonate with just due to the the friendships i have there but then again, I'm like, ah, there's that fear of like, no, because as soon as you go to another state, you're disconnected from, you know, where you are right now. So I don't know what to do. You know, I'm definitely in like a place of, a place of, of crossroads, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I
2: mean, that's because you, you have something that you, it seems like you deeply want this change, right? You want a change. And so, I mean, what I would recommend is really get quiet with yourself and reflect. You know, spend some time on this. It doesn't have to be a rush process. Where it's like, what do I really want? Okay, this sounds obvious, but in terms of in terms of where you live, it doesn't. It shouldn't. This shouldn't be rational like law of attraction we can almost always come back to like what do I want what do I want and it should just come up and I say take, take time with it because it, what you want might change a little bit right but it's just but there's something deeper and uh, much harder to articulate that is not like a certain place in a certain state or a certain whatever that all is is not relevant to this like the law of attraction works best for us usually when we're really open with our deepest desires. And then you have to make that leap of faith where it's like you, you pay attention to that of what you really want. And it's more like, again, it's not rational. That's why it scares us so much. It's more like I want, you know, I have a certain sense of where I want to live and it makes me feel so good. And why do I want to live there? You know, ask yourself why, like the feelings it elicits, like it helps you. This is like really standard law of attraction stuff, like Abraham Hicks. Like some of the best advice that they give is they they just, they say, what do you want? And why do you want it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I have to definitely spend some time on that because there is there is so many like details that I can get caught up in and it feels like
2: none of that matters. matters. None (laughs) of them matter. None none of it matters at all from this, from this perspective, the details will fill in later. Okay. It's like, once you have become clear about what you want, stuff just, just happens. It just lines up better. Right. And that rational set part of you, you really It shouldn't be there that much. If there's a decision you have to make, it should be clear because it's coming from that same place of desire. You know, there might be a hundred times at first more fearful thoughts about what you want and how you're going to get it and why it's going to happen than this pure feeling of what you want. But if you keep on accessing that on like a daily basis of like what you want, eventually it becomes clearer and clearer to you, and you're able to to separate, recognize that this is your true desire. All these other thoughts and feelings coming in are are just swaying you, and it's just fear that you're moving through as you go to your, in this case, literal
0: destination of, you know, your new place to live. Right, right, and you know, oftentimes this is something that happens to me. I've seen it happen to friends close loved ones where you know there are things that happen to us that we feel like are out of our control or maybe that we regret doing something that we feel like we we made a big mistake and it's holding us back now you know that's been getting in the way uh, a lot with this i don't want to say law of attraction because like we just laid out it's so much more complicated than just that but with the the situation I'm in, you know, it definitely feels like there are some things holding us back, you know, and I'm wondering, you know, where, you know, not specifically advice for me, but just for anybody uh, who maybe hung up on the past. What what's your advice for that?
2: Well, what's so wonderful about um, these principles is that like we could be discussing your specific situation and it's going to you know, it's going to be relevant or as people like to say, resonate with, with so many people, I, you know, I can guarantee that. So we can actually get extremely specific. That's totally fine. And people are going to, they're going to relate to your situation. What's difficult about the law of attraction is that you have to be open with yourself and, and because you're open, you're, you're open about your desires, right? But because you're open with your desires, you also are become seemingly more aware of your flaws or things that you wish you did differently. So it's like this this balance you're trying to strike where you also really have to be willing to forgive your past quote unquote mistakes, you know, and if you want you can examine them or you cannot examine them. I don't think it's necessary to you know, go back and be like, why did I do this? Why did I do that? It's more important just to recognize, you know, I feel uncomfortable about this. Like what, what makes me feel bad about myself or about the situation that I'm going through or what past behavior do I feel less than comfortable about? And, you know, you can write that down or you can just do that in your mind and you can acknowledge those feelings. And then you can basically talk to yourself or, you know, jot down notes to yourself, forgiving yourself for these past actions, being like, I acknowledge what happened, I feel bad about it, but I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote unquote, let that go now, you know, and letting go is such a catchphrase, catchphrase. And really this is just, in many ways, what we're talking about is a standard therapeutic type of counseling, like, but, but letting go really what it means a lot of the time, at least in my opinion. Is we acknowledge a situation that happens, or we acknowledge the feeling, that stressful feeling it gives us, and we let that feeling be there, and we are open with it. We don't, we don't, we don't push it away, and we say, you know what? I forgive this. I forgive myself for this happening, and I, I'm okay with this feeling being here, and I forgive every part of this, and it is what it is. And if we don't resist the feeling, if we lean into it. If we lean to the feeling enough, strangely, you could say the feeling starts to dissipate. It's because we kind of deny its presence. We deny the guilt we feel that it lingers. But when we just openly acknowledge it, our relationship with it changes, right? And if all the stress and all the regret doesn't go away, at least we're able to treat it in a more mature way where we don't let it like roll over us. You know what I mean? It, it loses a lot of its potency and its power when we just take it from a more, you know, distanced position, which we can do by just acknowledging it. Again. So we acknowledge our desires, what we what we want, and we also acknowledge where we feel like we've screwed up in the past. And we're okay with both those things, you know, at the same time. And again, this can be a daily type of practice. You don't have to do this every day, but this is just becoming aware of your feelings and like, basically like, you know, learning to be okay with who you are and what you want and loving yourself enough to recognize that, you know what, it's all good, you know? And I can tell you one way to make it all good is what we talked about last time is to stop get into that place where you're not thinking so rationally and or overthinking, as I like to say, and come into the moment, you know, and there's a lot of different ways of doing that. We can talk about that again, or we can, or you know, we can people can listen to the last episode, but anything that makes you feel present, whether it's meditation, doing a podcast, listening to music, taking a run, jumping up and down, you know, anything that makes you feel present that reduces the overthinking is going to help you manifest more of what, of what you want in your life. The more present you are, the more at peace you truly are, you know, the easier it is for things to just happen for you positively.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, as you're saying all this, so much has come to mind over like, you know, and I, I know this isn't like, uh, a therapy session that I booked, but I can't help, but feel like I need to excuse myself for being so personal. But to your point, I think that's, you know, being vulnerable, me being vulnerable could be uh, something that really helps people if they're going through something very similar. So diving a little further into that one thing that I've noticed, and it even really connects to why I named the podcast, what I named it, you know, this feeling of needing to not be right, but get my point across and be clear, like, cause there's, there's this feeling of frustration that comes across when I'm trying to communicate a point and it's not being understood. And, you know, that's manifested in so many different ways and has only put more fuel in the fire when it comes to like researching things like conspiracies, a cult and all that stuff. Cause you know, and, and people who study this are familiar, most people think it's crazy and nonsensical and not based in logic or reality so it can be a little frustrating when you're learning these things and trying to share them with others but you know even just little things like a youtube comment that i got today somebody goes oh you you rich kid your fa- your parents put you in the illuminati or some shit like that and it got me so mad cuz i'm like dude if you only knew like how not rich kid i was like and i'm thinking to myself like this guy's just like me because i you know have that same sort of resentment towards people who are wealthier than me sometimes so i'm like seeing you know i can't hate this guy he's just like me but at the same time he's throwing this thing at me that i i'm like you know it got me so incensed in the moment but the same time, I'm like, well, what can you do? You know, (laughs) like Sam says that your haters will, will make you, you know, it's an indication that you're, you're reaching a lot of people when you start getting comments like that, but it, you know, anything you can say, it doesn't really get down to the, the meat of it. You know, that last part, what I just said about like, oh, your haters make you like, it's not really. That doesn't really settle it for me. For me, I'm like, why am I having that reaction in the first place? You know, why is that bothering me so much in the first place that this person is saying that, you know? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I'll tell you. Well, I guess first I should ask, you know, what what do you, what do you want from that interaction? Or like, what do you want?
0: Right. Yeah. And, and when you put it like that, I ultimately I don't care what that person thinks. I mean, that's the first response. But then in the second response, like, well, I want that person, if they're going to listen to my show and comment to feel like they know me. So I almost feel like I haven't really given people uh, or at least that one person a good impression of me if that's how they are, are taking, you know, take what if that's what they're taking away from it. Uh, because I am definitely not a rich kid, but you know, at the same time, I'm like, how am I coming off that way? You know, what may- gives this person that impression? It's a little confusing, but it's also like, you know, I have that same resentment. So I'm like, is this a reflection of where I'm at? You know? So it is a little complicated, but what do I want? I just, I guess I just want people to understand me. I mean, and again, back to that point, like when I'm trying to make a point to someone and they don't understand It's frustrating, but I also realize, well, it's on me to be clearer or as, describe my point in the best way possible so that there's no, you know, room for error, but it's still, you know, that's not perfect. I mean, I don't know what's in someone else's head. So,
2: yeah, I mean. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a kidding. crazy person. I know, I, Tim. <laughs> no, I can I can relate to you. I can I can really relate to that a lot. The first thing I would say, and there's no words what I'm going to say anyway, but the first thing I would say is, uh, most people mark would say you're a, an extremely good communicator. Okay, like a, a very high level communicator. There's no way that you would be able to have a show like you have and not have exceptional communication skills. And I'm not saying that to like, you know, blow smoke up your ass. It's just, it's the fact of the matter. And because you're a very good communicator and because you're empathetic and, you know, care for what people think about you, and especially when it comes to something you care deeply about, such as your show, when people can't relate to it, you know. It's easy to, get, to react to be sensitive about it, even if you're totally seemingly aware of it, as you are. Now, I guess the next thing that we could talk about is you are aware of it. I mean, you just basically said, like, am I projecting, or like, you know, is this a reflection of of my own state that he's, you know, reacts that way? And in a way, it is right. It there's that part of you that like, just you know, it, it, it is a reflection, but it's also a reflection. That you have a person like that in your life, because like Sam said, I mean, I completely agree. The more people who listen to you, who read you, or whatever, who follow you, the more, to be blunt, fucking truly crazy people you're going to meet. And when I say truly crazy, maybe this person isn't, but when you say horseshit stuff like that, I mean, have some fucking common sense. That's <laughs> what. That's really like what a lot of my law of attraction. Oops, sorry about like swim. Uh no That's worries. a lot of what my a lot of my law of attraction advice is when well, that's the, probably one of the few things that makes the law of attraction advice I give different than a lot of stuff that's out there it's just it's like at the end of the day you got to have some fucking common sense and a lot of people especially when you get onto social media they don't or in one reason they don't is because they they're not like you they don't have a platform in a persona, in a face that people see or a voice they hear, they're only commenting out, you know, and they're basically anonymous except they have a name. So it's like this, it's this weird thing. But the point is it's, it's only a reflection of you in the sense that you let it be a reflection. You know, it's a reflection in the sense that you recognize that part of yourself that could be kind of like that. And also it's a reflection of, you know, you having fans and, Inevitably, if you reach enough people, you're going to re- reach a small subset that are going to do bizarre things like that in terms of comments, you know. But again, it's a, see, like, like I would, i don't know—I forget if we talked about this last time. But there's so many different ways to analyze these thoughts and feelings and this trying to be perfect. Because you know, when I said I, I can relate to you, I'm the same way. Like I'm—I'm—I've always been a very good communicator almost to a fold i can say that because like when i was young it was pretty easy by the time i was like a teenager just to communicate with people at like a high level i would say and so i almost always took it for granted and in many parts of my life i still do take it for granted like i don't like talking to people like it's it's one of these things where if i have to, I can easily speak to them, but like, I don't like shooting the shit with people about stuff that doesn't interest me. And at the same time, I want everybody to feel good. Like if I'm at a large function or a party or something like that, especially when I was younger, I was always worried about how everybody else felt, you know, I was like empathetic, you know? And I just got to a point where I was like, you know, I can't, care about how other people are reacting as much because it is a reflection of me and if i'm so oh what are they thinking are they having a good time are they having a good time did i offend them if i'm so focused on that i'm missing the fucking point because i'm not feeling good myself you know so the point is i guess the general point i'm trying to make to you is that don't don't downplay your strengths you know and embrace them and recognize that we're all human and like yeah when you have a detractor it's really good to be able to take a step back and not react right away and react the way you did where it's like did i do something wrong and then you know if you think about it more like no i didn't do anything wrong you know like or You know, you can go about it a million different ways. Like, you know, I I don't do it that often anymore, but like the work of Byron Katie, do you know Byron Katie? You mentioned her last time
0: you were on the show, I looked into her a bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's just, she's an example of, the reason I love her is not necessarily because actually of the work. I just think she's an amazing, like spiritual person, but. The work is just four questions. It's just these kind of analytical questions that you ask yourself. And these stories we tell ourselves about, I should have communicated better. I should have done this differently. You know, I shouldn't have behaved this badly. They're a good way of dissolving those stories because that's what it is. It's a thought. It's a story that we play into, you know, as is the story. Oh, it's going to be hard to move. You know, it's going to be difficult to find the right place. Do we have enough money? You know, another story to be telling yourself is, you know, we're moving, we're going to find a perfect place, everything's going to work out. It's, you know, what story feels better? Because we're always telling a story one way or the other. So it's like, again, if you are open to what you really want and don't beat the shit out of yourself, you don't beat the shit out of yourself for wanting what you want, it comes to you easier, more often. Does that make I, sense?
0: Yeah, I love it. And, you know, it's well said. I think I, you know, I tell myself that in different versions every day. And that could be part part of it too, is is the consistency and the structure. You know, I find that when I'm living my life in a structured, consistent way, things tend to give way for that ease, that flow that you're talking about. And I, I'm the same way with the with the small talk and the chit chat. And, you know, for the most part, a big part of my life, I was very antisocial and it wasn't because I couldn't communicate. It was because, you know, most people just didn't interest me sadly. And that made me feel kind of jaded. It made me feel like, well, what am I doing wrong? And luckily with this podcast, like you said, you know, I have people actually listen and, and we're able to talk about really interesting topics that I I kind of <laughs> were burdened. I was burdening my friends talking about it. You know, they're like, all right, all right, I get it. You'd, law of attraction, you know, but, you know, I don't know if we talked about this the first time you're on the show, but there was an instance in my life where I manifested like a gold necklace. Did I tell you about that? I don't think so. I don't remember so, if you did. There was a, there, and I bring this up because of the, the way it worked was so fascinating. And I wonder how you, you can add to this because when I r- learned about this meditation manifestation technique, the emphasis was on forgetting, right? So they, their idea was you manifest whatever you want by imagining it falling into this bowl and you visualize the bowl in your mind, like a physical bowl might even think it's like your skull, right? Your skull's kind of like a bowl. If you cut the top off, I wouldn't recommend that. But yeah, so you you visualize this bowl even at the top of your spine, and whatever falls into it is what you're you're manifesting. And since it was so spur of the moment, I just visualized a coin, like a gold gold coins falling into this bowl, you know. And at the time, I was working <clears throat> a delivery job at a bakery, and and we would also sell bread at the farmer's market. And sure enough, you know, a week or so goes by, I had completely forgotten that I did this manifestation technique. And somebody, a customer at the farmer's market leaves a a gold necklace on the table of our farmer's market. And it's not just any gold necklace, it's a pendant, like a big golden pendant has numbers on it. So it was really strange. And it had like a clunk when it hit the table. And I looked up hmm. and the guy or woman was not standing there anymore. I'm like, what is who, you know? And I grabbed it, put it in my pocket. I showed my coworker and he was like, well, we have to, you know, hold on to it in case they come back for it. I'm like, yeah, all right, fine, you know? Okay, you, you, Jiminy you Cricket.
2: Knew, you, you knew it was yours. You knew it was your. You knew they weren't coming back,
0: <laughs> right? But we did. We held on to it for three weeks, and and nobody came back to claim it. And we ended up trading in, and it was sixteen hundred dollars. You know, which was huge for me at that point in my life. I mean, that was like, I don't know, mm-hmm. three four weeks worth of work there. So you know, that was a big benefit. And uh, and I always thought it was so fascinating how the emphasis was on forgetting the technique because that's exactly what I did. I In the spur of the moment, yep. visualize and then moved on with my day. And it really didn't occur to me that the manifestation thing might've played into that until after the gold was kind of like, we had it for a week or two. I was like, oh, maybe that's why, you know, I was going back and looking through what podcasts i had listened to. And, and this guy, Mike Centenia, had talked about that on the higher side chats. But yeah, that idea of like, forgetting it's almost like confidence you know like you have confidence in uh what you just manifest or visualized actually happening enough so that you forget about it
2: that's yeah i mean this is a good great illustration of of some fundamental uh, manifesting points and they're really all all manifesting points in my opinion are just these fundamental things there's very few of them and we can go over a, a couple right now. I mean, you just mentioned confidence, self-confidence that you're gonna get what you want, or that you or, or that, you know, Emile Kue, who's my favorite law of attraction teacher is from like a hundred years ago, he said, if you're if you have if you're confident that you're gonna get something, if you're confident that you're gonna be master of yourself, you will be master of yourself. The hard part is having that confidence, right? Now, with this technique, this story, what makes it interesting is that it sounds like you did this particular technique and you did it, you know, I don't want to say wholeheartedly, but like you were into it, even if it was a very brief thing. And then you had, so you, you know, you placed that in your mind, right? You had that visualization, that technique. And then the important thing is you just totally forgot about it. So there was no pressure about, oh, is this, you know, are these gold coins going to show up? Like, is this is, it, is this going to actually show up? Because it was so pure, you could say, the, the technique just I thought it once, I had the intention of it. And then you literally just forgot about it. It happened very easily for you. What we usually do is like, I want a new place to live. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if we lived here two minutes later? Oh, you know what? I don't think I can actually move there. Two minutes later, I don't think the amount of resistance we have towards things we really want or anything in general, if we're trying to manifest it is what screws us up. So in other words, we don't actually have to always be saying or writing down like, you know, I want to win a million dollars. I want to win a million dollars. If we held the intention, this is obviously just theory. I'm not speaking from experience because I've never manifested a million dollars, but if if you've truly held the intention that you won a million dollars and then forgot about ever doing it and just went about living your life, in all likelihood, you would somehow stumble upon a million dollars if the feeling was there. But that's the problem is that's the kind of example that people like to give, but it's totally unrealistic because culturally, there's going to be a hundred things, if not a thousand things each day to tell you, you did not just win a million dollars. Right. And it, that's why... It's generally, in my opinion, more important to be in touch with what you really want and then cultivate a confidence about it inevitably happening where you just kind of dispel all these cultural influences and all these rational explanations for why it can't happen. Because there's no fucking rational explanation for how that, you know, that gold chain or necklace or whatever should have popped up on your table. You fucking manifested it, you know? And I hear stories like that all the time. And what what interests me is the underlying psychology behind it, you know? And confidence, you know, and belief in it happening are very strong. And it, the belief doesn't necessarily have to be that strong if it's a blank slate after. And with your technique, it was easily a blank slate. When it involves your health or moving or relationships or money, it's much harder to make it a blank slate. You know what I'm saying? And that's a lot of the inner work that that we all do but the principles are almost always the same i mean my podcast is basically just going over principles and different approaches to law of attraction principles that are that people don't hear as much as they hear about the secret type inspired stuff which is too superficial to work for a lot of people so
0: right right yeah and i love i love that man thank you for for putting that together and i'm very excited to to look into that what principles stand out? I know you've mentioned a couple names so far, but are there any folks who you've been inspired by that you haven't mentioned yet that are worth noting? I mean, Neville Goddard comes to mind. I know you've mentioned him a couple yeah. times. Yeah,
2: I mean, so for me, I don't mean just to be plugging the podcast at all, but- No, it's all right. I mean, I know that a lot of people, that's what people do on episodes of podcasts. But um, my point is, the law of attraction explored that my new show really it, it just is about the my favorite teachings so in other words my favorite teachers to talk about these principles that are timeless you know so in other words it's the same principles that they're talking about in the secret or that you hear modern teachers talking about but generally speaking yeah i'm talking about men and women who were teaching this stuff 50 or 100 years ago like i said emil Coue is wonderful neville goddard joseph murphy I forget if I mentioned him last time, but Joseph Murphy, he wrote The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, mm. which is pro- probably one of the more famous law of attraction books from last century. Now, I
0: just, sorry, go finish that. No,
2: on. no, go go ahead. I was just going to say, that's a great place for people to start or if people want to get back into, maybe they listened to that book five years ago or whatever, but mm. the, Power, the Power of Your Subconscious Mind and another book called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Those two books are... They're, they were both written in the 1960s and they're both very practically based. They've got a great psychological element to them and there's also some spiritual element, but it's not like woo-woo-wee. It's just like a lot of stuff going on, you right. know? And yeah, I mean, also, you know, Neville I love and there's some other great teachers that I talk about in the
0: show as well. well. On the point of, of the power of your subconscious, you know, it kind of connects back to what we were just discussing about cultural influences and i i almost forgot this point but i have a podcast i do with michael juan called your handbook for the apocalypse and, and a big thing that he's brought into my world and a lot of people's world to follow his work is this concept of baseline reality versus and i don't know if he invented it or not but he talks about it And, you know, baseline reality versus this cultural context is cultural overlay that we apply over everything and really connecting to baseline reality can give you these like anchor points to feel more connected to your actual desires. And for me, tangentially looking into a different topic about architecture and why they design the imagery that they design in architecture, this idea of subconscious archetypes came up, right? This guy, C.V. Wood, who was an uh, architect, he was also the head of a group called the Science Mind Foundation, I think. And they're big on Carl Jung's work, which, you know, is all about the Mm -hmm. subconscious. And I found it so interesting that these architects and designers are, are studying this type of thing because what it indicates to me is that we're living in a world where symbols are being placed in certain spots. I mean, if you look at a courtroom or a courthouse, for example, like it's made to give you a sort of subconscious impression that then quite possibly is used against you. I mean, I'm, you know, I've had conversations about the federal government being a scam and all that stuff. So I think people are kind of, on that side of things here in this podcast but yeah it's definitely I mean churches are the same government buildings there's like this subconscious imagery that I think can affect our our ability to connect with our desires you know if you especially if you live in a city uh, you know there's like a sort of sea of of conscious activity that you're bombarded with and that can be you know that's, I think that's why meditation has become so popular in these urban areas. Cause you have to like cut through that sea of, of stimulus in order to connect with who you really are. Otherwise you're just being like blown about in the wind.
2: I mean, I think it cuts deeper than even that where the, and I, I mean, I agree with you about edifice, you know, different architectural symbology and. Someone like Neville, for instance, and even Joseph Murphy, a lot of the stuff that they're talking about is, is ancient. They're talking about biblical imagery and symbology, and it's, it's, a, it's very, very interesting. But back to, to link to our previous point about having confidence. Culture is teaching you how to lack confidence, generally speaking. And most people are coming from a place of inferiority, which they might not even recognize. It's, in my opinion, mainly subconscious. So a lot of the work is just convincing yourself that you are worthy of what you want and of having confidence. Because, I mean, again, most people lack confidence. And the confidence that one has is often predicated by being a certain member of this, uh, in, in a certain part of society. For instance, in, you know, in school, it's like you're in a certain clique or a certain group. And we think, oh, you know, you grow out of that. That's bullshit. You don't grow out of that. It's always the same. You know, people are in different organizations. People have certain social circles they feel confident in. And it's like, well, how do you feel when you're alone? Like, how do you feel when you don't feel good? Like, do you, where does your confidence go then? You know, that's, that's like, that's working with your subconscious. The city, in a way, can be more comforting for some people sometimes, I think, because it's like you actually get to see how fucked up things are for so many people. And there's almost like a comfort level there. It's like when there's a disaster or like a big problem, people kind of take care of each other a lot of the time. You hear stories like that all the time. You know, if there's a power outage, people are, you know, bringing old ladies, you know, whatever, groceries or whatever the situation is. But this subconscious fear. Is you know, in a way governing how people operate. And it's in the more aware of it, we become the more, the more we're able to dictate basically what happens in our lives, you know, but a lot of it, again, it comes back to just facing fear, you know, like to think that you're an exception. I'm not saying you do at all, but like we trick ourselves like, Oh, I feel fear because I'm I'm scared about where I'm going to move or, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen. That's the kind of stuff we're all dealing with on some level each day, most of us, you know, and some some of us let the fear rule our lives, others of us, you know, we learn to to blow it off more and more and to make light of it and laugh at it and know that it's just a passing wave and that it's not going to last. And uh, yeah, I mean, these are all just good practical life tools, you know, is, is is however you figure out how to do that, if you become more aware of your feelings and how you feel, you'll realize that even though other people are reacting a certain way, it doesn't mean that I have to necessarily
0: react that way. Right on. Yeah. And that's, you know, people who are here for the conspiracies. I mean, that's so important in this day and age, being aware as most of us are to the truth of what's really going on. It's in my opinion, it's a safer bet to play your cards close to your chest. And this is how you do that, by being confident in yourself and not being so wrapped up in what other people think, you know, because I've had those moments where I'm like, oh my God, the world's ending. And if only people knew this or that, and you end up just looking like, you know, chicken little, like telling everybody the sky's falling and, and really on an even deeper level, which I love to go there, you know, I think there's an infinitude of possible realities that we're constantly at the like crossroads of, you know, and, and our choices really determine what reality we're in, in the next, you know, our future, I think is always changing. And, and it's like you said, tools like this that can help us bring that reality in more freak or in more resonance or in harmony with our desires.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's really, like a lot of these concepts seem far out, but it's more like how comfortable am I taking responsibility for the fact that like what I think and feel plays a large part in what happens in my life, you know, and to take the responsibility of of taking that on. That's not the kind of thing you're going to want to talk to a lot of people about who are not already familiar with these subjects, as you, you know, were saying, um, You know, like uh, I don't talk to, you know, family members or, 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 you know, my friends I grew up with about this stuff very often because you do end up looking like a crazy person. And at the same time, having been into this stuff for long enough, I've seen the positive effects of believing it and taking responsibility have had in my life, you know, and I think with a lot of these things, people go down a wormhole and they don't see the practical aspect of how they can improve their life and make and become a basically a better person. I just like I I don't mean that in like a deep way, but just like, you know, you treat people more nicely, you interact with people and are more helpful with other people. Applying a lot of attraction principles, spiritual principles, help should that should be a large part of it, right? It should just make stuff easier, you know, like, and that involves again taking responsibility for your how you feel you know, and it's like, Oh, I feel like crap. You know, I can blame that on my job situation or, you know, the interaction I had with my boss yesterday, or I can take responsibility and look at myself and be like, why did I react that way? You know? And like, like the way you just, you know, you just were very open with, with your comment or how it affected you, you know, and you didn't, you didn't then, you know, write a three paragraph rant back at the commenter or something like that. You said, you know, how is how does this have to do with me and who what part of me is in that person you know and that's again it's not quite it's not as exotic as you know having crystals and you know full moon parties and stuff like that but that's in large part what a lot of you know manifesting principles comes down to is just being a grown-up and taking responsibility and having
0: common sense yeah i yeah and i love having these conversations because you know, I, again, back to the commenter, I'd hate for people to think that I, you know, <laughs> got handed this podcast, you know, like this is, this is an amalgamation of a lot of work, you know, and, and making the decision to drop out of community college, which wasn't easy and, and saying to myself, I have what it takes to find a career for myself and I'm not going to use this institution. I'm not going to use my parents' advice. I'm not going to use my friend's advice. I'm just going to follow my intuition and my instincts. And it, it didn't always lead me down the, you know, yellow brick road to Oz, you know, it's led me down many different trails and little turns and, and failures that have opened up opportunities like this one. And, you know, I think that's why the law of attraction synchronicity will always be topics on my show and always be sort of a theme because I owe what I'm doing now to that sense of responsibility. And I haven't always had that common sense part that you're talking about, which is, again, why I appreciate you having having you back on uh, a second time, Tim, because I resonate with it, man. I think it might just be where we're from. I know you're an East Coast guy like me, but there's this certain sense of like, you know, work ethic. And I don't mean to, like, I say that carefully because I don't want to you know give people the impression that just because you're not from New England, you don't have work ethic, but there's <laughs> like, there's like this sort of sense of like, you know, hard work and like, you know, the winter, anywhere that has a winter Within climate.
2: There's a lot of flintiness,
0: <laughs> dude. <laughs> I don't
2: even know exactly what that word means, but that's the right word. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean there's northeast sensibility for sure.
0: Yeah. And that's and again, I only say that because I feel like we we sort of have that similar sense. And and yeah, it's it's rare to find that when you're talking about the law of attraction, because more often than not, as as much as I have gained from people who talk about this and their advice or their wisdom, there is this sort of superficial kind of feeling that looms over the the whole yeah. field oh yeah you know it's
2: yeah, very like that, yeah that's not an exaggeration and what's too bad is that this would be if i would have to do another episode for this but what's too bad is there's a lot of good teachings and teachers now law of attraction coaches and stuff like that who actually have some really interesting good stuff can give some really good advice but it's clouded with all this you know, superficial stuff that frankly doesn't need to be there. While a lot of the older teachings just they told it to you straight. I mean, and another interesting thing we will end with this, I guess, is that a lot of the law of attraction teachers that I talk about, like a big law of attraction center was New York. You know, it was a Northeast thing uh, more than it was like a West Coast thing. Not that it really matters. It's geographic stuff doesn't matter that much, but sensibility wise, it's very different being in New York City talking about these stuff talking about this stuff, seeing all the people on the street um, as opposed to be, you know, on a luminous beach somewhere, you know, uh, in California or whatever. It's just a different sensibility, but it, it doesn't matter what your sensibility is. It just matters about getting it to work for you in whatever way it does. That's it. And I also will say that the more responsibility you take, generally speaking, long-term, the better it gets, the better you feel. That's what I found. So I'll leave you with that uh, note of encouragement in regards to, yeah, I mean, geez, I, I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I knew this stuff when I was younger because I would have taken more responsibility and the, the more responsibility I've taken, the more I've appreciated my life just is that simple. It's not even like profound. It's just like, yeah,
0: that's, I just feel better because of it, you know? Right on. Yeah. And, you know, I hear that a lot. So I'm glad that I, you see a little bit of yourself in me or a little bit of law of attraction in me. It helps me realize I'm, I'm Not on the wrong track. I just looked up flinty because I was a little baffled by that word. I never heard it before, at least in this context. And it says unyielding or stern, which is very apt for people in at least Connecticut and Massachusetts, I'll say. Oh, yeah. and
2: like mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's this uh, great, basically considered a law of attraction book called uh, Acres and Diamonds uh, by Russell Conwell. He wrote it in like the 1870s or 80s. He's the guy who founded Temple University, but he was from Massachusetts. Anyway, he's like making jokes. And in that book, you feel like it could have been like from like the 1980s. because that same sensibility, you know, like, I don't know. It's just interesting. Oh, um, no, I ought to check that out. Yeah. Acres of Diamonds is a good one for sure.
0: Cool. Well, Tim, before we go, man, tell the listeners where they can find your new podcast, Law of Attraction Explored. And of course, the books.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're long traction explorer. You can find it on your uh, whatever podcast, you know, whatever podcast system you like to use. There's, you know, this thing called Apple. You might have heard of it. It's probably on Apple. Just kidding. It's definitely on Apple. And my books, likewise, are, uh, they're definitely an Amazon A company. You might have heard it before. Yeah, you can go to radicalcounselor.com for more information about me. If you want to send me an email, info at com. Love to hear from people who have questions about it.
0: Yeah cool. Well, thank you for a radical counseling session. I definitely want to get you back on the show for more conversations, uh, about anything. I mean, anytime, man. And I'd love to be on your show if you ever have guests. So keep me, yeah, in mind. we'll, we'll, we'll
2: see if we ever go the guest the guest pathway. but yeah, I know, Mark, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm really glad that you were open to being open today. Cause I know you're going to see, you'll get a lot of comments uh, of people probably saying, um, uh, you know, how helpful that was, your openness. And you also probably get some psychotic comment from somebody Jeff <laughs> but recognize that as a good all
0: thing. All are welcome.
2: All, all are welcome. And the, and the good far outweighs
0: the bad. So mm, yeah, exactly. thanks again, man. Yeah, brother, I'll let you go. Tim, thank you so much. And thank thanks, you, Mark. listeners. Have a great moment wherever you are in the now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast. Very interesting conversation with Tim Grimes, kind of personal. We got into some things that have been feeling like uh, maybe a little bit of uh, a slump, not in the podcast, but in my personal life. I think the podcast is going strong. We just hit 44,000 downloads in the month of December. That's the biggest month we've ever done in terms of download numbers. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. And yeah, you know, Tim is a really cool dude. He's down to earth. And as you heard, he talks about the law of attraction in a way that makes sense to me. And if you're listening to the show, it probably makes sense to you as well. And like I said, we got a little personal there talking about some things that have been holding me back, namely finding a new place to live, not just location, not just uh, place, but like the ley line energy, you know, that kind of energy. I'm starting to realize this ley line energy might not be as all fun and games as I might have thought at first reading Walter's book, Walter Bosley's book, empire of the wheel. And it turns out these ley lines are a little more sinister than I had first imagined so, I'm just going to put that out there. Maybe going to find a place to live that's adjacent to a ley line. Not on a ley line, but adjacent to a ley line. We'll see, though. I mean, Ross Ben and Michael Wan live on the 40th parallel and seems to be working out pretty good for them. So, maybe I'll find a place on the 40th. I don't know, but moving to a different state is definitely on the, on the, on the table, so to speak, you know it's a, it's an option that's been weighing heavily. Obviously, Sam Tripoli talks about moving out of L.A. and naturally working for the show. I think that would be uh, a really smart move for me is to move where he ends up settling in. So we'll see what happens there. I think I might be holding back for that reason, but the, don't let Sam know, <laughs> Sam is free to make that choice. And yeah, he he did kind of allude to it though last time I saw him in person that if he ever did have like a Joe Rogan compound, I'd be living on it. So fingers crossed that's, uh, that's in the pipeline maybe for 2022. And that's also what I wanted to... Talk about a little bit given that this episode will be the first episode coming out in 2022, starting the year off right with some good vibes. Tim Grimes, and be sure to check out his new podcast, it will be up on altmediaunited.com within the time between recording and publishing this episode. So go check that out. The links are certainly in the description. We have some new spirit animal names to give out. I got to get the cards ready and all that good stuff, but shout out to our three newest patrons. Thank you for joining. We have a new member of the Best Friend Book Club, someone who has hit me up with some pretty cool information here and there. Their name is Real Twirl. It's not spelled that way, but that's how I'm going to read it. And yeah, they're pretty Freaking cool. Thank you for joining the Best Friend Book Club. And we have some patrons that I've been supporting long enough to get some merch now. I don't know how that works, but, but that's really cool. And you're in luck. If you want merch, you want to support the show, but you're not on Patreon, that's fine. You could support the show by getting some merch. We got a teespring now. And I've been making t-shirt designs. We've got our classic logo that you know and love you can get it on a mug you can get it on a t-shirt you can get it on a poster if you love the show so much you want to put a my family thinks i'm crazy poster in your room that would be sweet i appreciate that anybody who buys a merch send us a picture of yourself with the merch and we'll put you up on the instagram give you a shout out make sure you're following us on instagram twitter and telegram To stay up to date with the show, not only do we post when the newest episode comes out, but I also post live streams and other interesting things, you know. We're we're always doing something crazy over here. We've got our Telegram chat live and bumping every day. A lot of cool folks in the Telegram. So be sure to join in because all of these episodes go live on Telegram. We go live on Rockfin. And the best place to get up to date with that is naturally Telegram or Twitter. That's the easiest because when I'm on Rockfin, there's this little button that says, oh, share to Twitter. So I just click that. Pretty simple. So follow us on Twitter, MFTIC podcast. And that is another way to stay up to date with the newest episodes of this show as we move on into 2022 I was listening to some of the higher side chats older episodes after Greg gave my voicemail shout out a play on his joint sessions for the plus members only that was really cool thank you Greg and I went out and I listened to some of his older episodes just to put it in context because I mean his show is amazing now very well polished but it's cool to see where he started and I got to be honest, uh, I think we're in kind of a similar trajectory. If you go back and you look at where he was at around episode 120 and where we're at now, yeah, we're, we're in a similar place, and I think that's pretty cool. And I guess I should let the cat out of the bag, but I think we're going to move towards the plus model here, folks, and do something that the America show recently did with their outlawed show something that Greg did successfully many years ago and a lot of podcasts. I mean, mysterious universe does it a lot of podcasts, Matt and Shane's secret podcast even does it. So if you want the full show, get on the Patreon now because everyone who's in the Patreon will be grandfathered in to our new membership platform at a low fee, but I'm hoping to create it so that it's all, Within the website, myfamilythinksomecrazy.com, we still have a few months out before that'll be ready, maybe a few weeks, months, we'll see where it goes. But the point being, we're going to move towards this model of value for value. I think that's the best way to go. There will still be whole free shows that I will do. I promise not everything is going to get cut in half but I think that's the way to go. If people want the whole show, you pay. We'll see maybe somewhere between 5 and $8 a month. And you get the whole show. And I think that's the way it's got to work. Because this is a value for value podcast. I do not want to put dynamic ads on the show. I don't like dynamic ads. I think they're annoying. When you're listening to a show and it gets broken up with ads, that's why I listen to Tinfoil Hat as a supporter through Rockfin. I will admit that it's easier to listen on an app, but you know that's that's where Tripoli's at. There's a lot of other podcasts that I listen to that have dynamic ads. And I don't mind them. It's not the worst. But I just don't think it'd be the right fit for this show. So we're not going to go that. We do have sponsors. We will still shout out our sponsors in the, in the intros and outros. But there will come a day when that will be phased out as well. Because as support grows for the show, I won't need just one person to give me a large sum of money for the show per month. It'd be cooler if, if everybody who listened to the show chipped in. Three, four, five dollars a month, and really crowdsourced this show. That's kind of how I see it. You know, I didn't want a show like Tinfall Hat to disappear, I didn't want a show like the Higher Side Chats to disappear. So, when I first found them and started listening as much as I did, I naturally supported as fast as I could, even though I had, you know, barely any money in my checking account and I barely had any money. I still have no money in my savings account, Um, but I I felt like this was an investment in myself, you know, supporting these shows, the Grimerica show, those conspiracy guys, tinfoil hat, the higher side chats. Those are probably the first four podcasts i ever supported financially. And, you know, I think this podcast itself demonstrates what kind of karmic act that is and how that can propel you into a whole nother reality like it did for me. Now I was sort of geared towards this stuff. I've been talking about these subjects with people in person for so long that it's a relief to be able to talk about this stuff on the podcast. But I think that besides me being you know, prepared to take advantage of this opportunity, being grateful and showing gratitude in that way towards those four or five shows that I first fell in love with and fell in love with the information they were talking about. I think that was pivotal to where I'm at now. So anyways, I'll get off the soapbox box and, uh, and just say, yeah, if you get on the live stream and you like what you're hearing, if you get on the show, you like what you're hearing, go over to the Patreon. We got a lot more bonus content there. And what's cool about it is we're growing a little community And it's going to be a big community soon. So get in now to be grandfathered in to the first edition of supporters, I guess. I don't know. We'll have to come up with a cool name. But speaking of cool names, we have two new cool people who have signed up to support this show and we're going to give them spirit animal names. Now I loaded the deck The same way I do every time. I'm just going to preface this, okay? The deck is shuffled. There's no funny business going on here, okay? I drew the cards, and here we go. We've got, for our newest patron, Thomas. Let me get your name here so we... Don't confuse the other Thomases because there are a couple people named Thomas. Thomas R. Shout out to you. I recognize you. We've spoken on Instagram. You are the Storytelling Lion. Wow. Love that name. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being here. And finally, from, from hailing from the Great North, a place that I also share ancestry. For those who don't know, my grandparents immigrated to Connecticut from Canada. So I'm a little bit Canadian. Shout out to all of our Canadian friends. Graham and Darren on the Grimerica show. Shout out to them. Graham's been on the show twice. Darren once. Both of them have been on together once. So here we go. Our friend. I'm going to pronounce it as either rail or real. But I just guarantee there's no one else with that name here. So uh, real W. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining the Best Friend Book Club. We will be sending you a book very soon because you just paid us. It's the end of the month. You signed up just in time and we will be shipping you a book and, uh, as soon as as soon as I get a chance. And your spirit animal name, ooh, this is cool. And by the way, Thomas, the you got the storyteller card, uh, which represents expansion. So you could have been the expanding lion. But I think storytelling line sounds cooler. And uh, back to real or rail, you are the Phoenix and you got the stone people card, which is symbolic of records and a knowing revealed. So we'll call you the stone Phoenix. Shout out to you and thank you for your support. Thank you for being here, folks. The first episode of 2022 here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, and it's episode 122. Look at that. Isn't that funny? Here we are with Tim Grimes, another interesting conversation. If you haven't listened to our conversation, episode 51 of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, go back and listen to that first conversation I had with my friend Tim here. He's a really interesting guy, down to earth, not your typical law of attraction mentor. He's got a very uh, similar approach that I think I used to have when I first got into this and he helped me sort of recalibrate in the summer. And that was my hope here with this episode was to recalibrate again and maybe you can recalibrate with us. So not much to say for this episode. A lot a lot is going on. We got a bunch of cool books coming in the mail as I talked about in the last Extended outro, I was planning on calling up my friend Alex, but the call dropped, and I think his phone died, because I tried calling him back, and it it did not ring, so we'll see what happens, maybe we'll get my buddy Alex in here for the extended outro, he was on a previous episode we did with Andreas Zerdes, the second time we had Andreas on, there because Alex and I met as fellow delivery guys and when i was showing him the route he was telling me all about max egan and sartaria so naturally we've been friends ever since so hopefully we'll get him on the show soon if not for this episode but i'm just chilling here it's the first day of 2022 uh 1-1-2022 interesting numerology i'm sure uh, folks in the telegram can expand on that seems to be a theme whenever I look in the telegram there's always somebody decoding something so shout out to all our friends who have joined the telegram recently the rhythmic dragon has made it to the telegram welcome brother and we have t shirts now folks that's right I've been designing t shirts they are on the mm-hmm. teespring we have merch we have all kinds of great stuff so go there and check that out as soon as you need to. And I think that's right now, because who doesn't want some My Family Thinks I'm Crazy gear? Tell the whole world that your family thinks you're crazy with one of our custom-made shirts. And I'm going to announce here right now, we have three handmade printed shirts that Tara and I printed ourselves, and we're going to raffle them off. So this is going to be fun. It's going to be a really cool raffle and it's going to happen over the next couple episodes. We'll be talking about this raffle. So get in on it now. I think by January 15th, we'll say, we'll come to get the winner of the raffle and there will be three t-shirts for the three raffle winners. So I don't know how we're going to conduct it yet. But I think what it's going to be is through the Patreon. So everybody who's above the $5 tier by January 15th is basically in the runnings for the raffle to receive a custom t-shirt made by us truly. Very interesting. There's a lot of folks that are above five bucks. Some of you are below five bucks. Uh, Unfortunately, You will not be in the runnings, but if you up your uh, patronship in the next 14 days, that'll put you in the running. So now some of you are in other countries that does not disqualify you. Don't worry. I will do my best to send it to you regardless. I'm sure a t-shirt can go across borders. And I also have some really cool stickers that'll go with that as well. And if you like jewelry, we've been making some really cool artwork and it's now available on the website. I have been somewhat of a wire wrapper for the past four or five years. So I think I, I make some pretty unique, weird wraps and If you like the vibe of the show, maybe you like the vibe of the crystals. Go check those out and buy it. Take it home. Put it around your neck and expand your aura. Expand the synchronicities in your life. That's what they did for me, and I have a bunch of them, so I'm willing to give them away. They take some time to make, uh, a lot of hours, so they are not cheap. They're definitely not $20, $30, but I think they're pretty modestly priced for what you can find uh, of similar quality. And hey, they're made by me, yours truly. So go over to our website, myfamilythinksimcrazy.com. Check out the menu. You'll see the shop page. Go over to the shop and check it out. We have a ko-fi, ko i slash myfamilythinksimcrazy. And that's the website through which we're selling all of our artwork. And like I said, we got a teespring as well, which is now in the episode description. So go check that out. And uh, show the podcast some love with merch. Because that helps in multiple ways. Not only do you get the word out about the show in a really cool, subtle way. But you literally pay me. Which I need to do. Because that's the only way we can get paid with this awesome podcast. Through merch, value for value, support, or ads. And I've made it pretty clear that we're not going to take that route. And get ads. So here we are moving into 2022. Thank you for being here, folks. And and as promised, we have my friend Alex Stein here on the podcast to close this episode out and uh, kick 2022 off. Again, this is being recorded on January 1st, 2022. The conversation with Tim happened uh, a week or so ago. And uh, yeah, Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and enjoy this conversation with Alex Stein gets a little racy, gets a little explicit as it usually does with Alex, but so either way, enjoy.
1: Saying I did, I'm doing the conspiracy council, but I did, I'm 233 pounds just, and I'm doing my new year's resolution. I'm exercising. So I'm doing like a vlog every other day, my progress.
0: Did you do this to yourself on purpose? Because I don't know if you haven't factored this part in, but you've been challenging yourself to all of these fast food things, eating Domino's in a Jack in the Box. Yeah, let's I know. see what well, that's else. What <laughs> that's what I'm
1: saying. I kind of did that on purpose so that people can see me dieting. I can be like, "Oh, fuck!" just for the juxtaposition. So it's right. a little more
0: dry. So now I you on- you need to make like this needs to be full tilt WWE like. We need to know behind the scenes. You gotta have you gotta have like a candid camera like set up in your house and just like I don't know. I think it'd be funny if you did like like a spoof on uh biggest loser or something. Like you have, you film like your moment where you're like I'm too heavy, I have to do I have to change this.
1: That's exactly what I'm doing, dude. I took all these fat pictures of me today. No, dude, I'm about to, I'm going to wait till tomorrow to edit the video. So I have like a full 24 hours, you know, uh, <laughs> for the video. So that's why it'll be like every other day. I could do it every day, but like Rich Piana, these guys, they would do it like weekly, but cause I want to focus and say, you know, every other day the video will come out and I'll have my weight and my, so it'll be like a full 24 hours in between, you know?
0: Yeah. You should even do a full 12 hours in between and just do weigh yourself twice a day.
1: That's what I was thinking. Like, I was weighing myself. I'm about to weigh myself because I weighed myself this morning and then I went exercise today and I, ha- and I ate all I had was the broccoli literally for dinner. And I'm going to start, I'm fasting. I'm going to fast, do the intermittent fasting a bunch. Well I'm going to withhold, you know, hours, just a long distance of not eating, you know, during the day. But I was thinking, should I weigh myself tonight or should I just wait till the morning? Because it'll probably be more drastic. Like, I might not see that big a change
0: tonight. Right. Well, what are you trying to like, achieve I'm, here?
1: I should be religious about weighing myself, but like almost weighing yourself twice a day is kind of fucks you up because like you drink water or something. It's almost like you should weigh yourself at the same time every day, But right? I guess I could just weigh myself at the same two times every day and solve that problem. You know what I mean? Because your water weight can kind of fluctuate with like water
0: and shit. Well, I, I think you it, it can't hurt to have more data. The data might not tell you what you're looking for, but that's the point of the data.
1: Yeah, and my app will save it. I have an app. Shit, I gotta get that app going. Okay. Well fuck, dude. I mean, yeah, I'm just for this month. I'm gonna start doing that. We gotta set up some interviews. We gotta get some fools, some fucked up people to talk to.
0: Alright, bro. Um, that's partly why I called. I also wanted to ask you to to talk to me on my podcast about twenty twenty two, but I already know your answer.
1: What tonight? I don't wanna do. It. I'm just fucking to go tonight
0: no I mean, like right be... here right now for 15 minutes
1: oh you I can do it right now while we're here on the phone but only because i'm saying we could go live on my channel but i'm compressing a bunch of shit on my computer so it still says it has an hour and 40 minutes before it's done
0: before i can even use my computer no worries uh, I've so been, what, uh... do you want...
1: we can do it i got 15 minutes if you want to fucking talk about this bullshit ass right now
0: Yeah, let's talk about this bullshit ass right now. I want to talk about podcasting in 2022. I want to tell you what my goals are, and I want to hear your podcasting New Year's resolutions for 2022. And you're more of a YouTuber, uh, content creator, but YouTube doesn't take kindly to your type. So do you have any new plans, anything people don't expect from the conspiracy castle? Obviously the fitness castle, but what else?
1: Yeah. I mean the fitness castle for the month of January is going to be just a different state. You know, like I said, that was a change of pace because I've purposely been eating all those degenerate meals. Like some people will just think, Oh my God, this guy's the worst human being He's an actual human pig. He just eats slop, which I do, which is not incorrect. But I also want to be able to show my self-discipline because I do, I do have self-discipline. I like how,
0: (laughs) I like how you called it slop because that's what I used to say when I, Realized how bad fast food was. I used to tell my friends when they would be like, "Oh, let's go to McDonald's." I'd be like, no, nah, I'm not going to the feeding trough. I don't need any slop."
1: <laughs> I mean, literally slop. Because all you gotta do is look how they make it. I mean, just how they squashed I mean, put the sauce on the bun. And they slop the meat on there. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's slop. I mean, look at the grill. All you gotta do is look at. Go watch videos of Popeye's kitchens, like TikTok, of the kids cleaning the grills and stuff. It's disgusting. I mean, taking that chicken out of the deep fryer and it's just all grease and slop. I mean,
0: and,
1: and it's done on purpose so they can serve it in a fast, functioning way where they can give it to as many people as fast as possible with no wait time so people can stuff it in their face so that they don't leave the place and still have room for dessert. I mean, it's really sad how fast they want to, not only do they want to get you this shitty food, but they want to like stick it in your body before you can even taste what it tastes like.
0: Right. They want you to, and on top of it, they put all kinds of things inside of it that make you hungrier. So you come back for seconds.
1: Dude, it's the genetically modified organisms are inside of all the meat that they definitely use. Like they know the umami MSG flavors that can, you know, they do this all in a laboratory and then the meat is processed where it has a seasoning on it that will like literally make you crave it. I mean, it'll send signals to your brain That make it worth addicting, where you want to go back there. That's the problem is once you get in that fast food loop, which I've been in, and I can get myself out of because I do know it's like crap. But like you get the thing is, the more you eat fast food, the more you want fast food. The less you eat fast food, the less you want it. Like somebody that like eats at McDonald's like once a year or something, they don't ever, they don't ever care. Like they eat it because they're like stuck on a road trip or whatever. The person that eats it like. Casually they you start craving it. because It builds those receptors in your brain that are used to like going off one of mm. these uh, genetically modified msg or It's whatever, not just chemicals. it's not
0: just the big brands either. I I I got into eating Jake's Wayback Burger, which I don't know if you guys have that out your way, but it's basically like, you know, it's it's a higher tier fast food restaurant. It's not, you know, a sit down yeah, restaurant but I
1: know you mean it's kind of high class way back burgers. I'm looking at it right now. So yeah, I mean, it's like a hob daddy or something. Yeah. And it's a nicer, it's an upgraded fast. uh, I used to crave that
0: but I realized why I was craving it wasn't because it wasn't just because of the food. It was because of the simplicity of ordering it. Like I just press a few buttons on my phone, drive there and walk in and say like, Hey, I ordered and then they hand me my bag and I leave like that. That was the appeal because last year it got so crazy. I probably talked about this with you before, but 2022, no more. I'm eating healthy. Luckily I'm in a relationship and my girlfriend is in line with what I like to eat somewhat she's way more she's way more sensible than I am I still eat junk food but that's that's one of the the good things is rubbing off I guess is I'm eating healthier more and more and I want to keep that going so I'm glad that you are embarking on this fitness journey I just I just feel like I don't want to see you do like the biggest loser stuff because I feel like that doesn't work that just makes people fatter like, all that, like, well, high-intensity weight loss stuff, like, it's not – that's not good. Well, I
1: am – well, yeah, because you always gain it back. But, but that means, like, I gain some weight back. It's just naturally what happens. But I am going to kind of do that because I, I'm – the main source of weight loss for me or the main tactic I like to use is intermittent fasting. And that doesn't mean you don't eat. It just means that you have to have windows as long as possible in between meals. Because once you do that, you it forces your body to use stored fat as energy.
0: Right. Because
1: let's say you eat something and then you and then you don't eat anything for 14 hours or 16 hours. And that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm trying to go for 16 hours I will not eat. And then there's an eight-hour window where I'll eat. Which sounds extreme, but it's really not. It's really not that hard if you sleep 12 hours a day. And so basically to start off with, I'm going to be even a little more intense. I'm starting off with like, you know, today I'm doing like kind of a four hour window and I'm not eating for 20, but I'm just being a little extreme to kind of kickstart my body because I'm so, my body's still, um, addicted to sugar and stuff. So for the first week of even my diet, cause I've done all these crash diets so much, you know, I'm not going to really feel good from the withdrawal from the, the, the sugars and all this, all the other food that I've been used to. Right. So you have to fast in order to withdraw. So your body, what it can do is when you withhold yourself from food, your body's able to work on itself to excrete toxins. Right. So if you actually fast, like totally, like let's say I do a 72 hour fast. That's what I'm hoping I'm going to get to. I just don't want to start off with that. I got to kind of start off with like, you know, get my body kind of used to withholding food because now I've been eating emotionally whenever mm-hmm. I want. Whenever I want, whenever I did the, and that's not how I normally am. I've been been overboard about it, but now I'm going to go overboard the other way. It's because when you withdraw from the food and your body's not constantly using its physical resources to digest food, it can take time off. And then your central, your central nervous system can work on other stuff. And that's why fasting is so important. It's like, if you have a cut on your hand and you fast, the cut will actually heal faster. Because your body's not working and doing processes with digestion, so it can focus on the healing and recovering aspect. That's why they say uh, fasting is good, actually, for recovery from exercise.
0: Right, and you're with an third. athletic person. You you played sports your whole life, so I really don't see you not losing this weight. It's not like you're somebody who's you know been eating that way for a while. It's just kind of a recent trend. And I don't blame you. Like I said, it, it's a lot more convenient um, with the world we're living in. Maybe not so much in Texas that things seem a little different down there. But uh, yeah, for me, the fast food route was like an, a nice way to avoid all the COVID BS for a little while.
1: Dude, and I'm still it with the COVID BS because you're saying I order. I always order like that, even in normal restaurants. It's basically I order takeout. I mean, right. very rarely do I even go out to dinner. Like, like this other girl's bugging me to go out to dinner. I was joking with her. I was like, hey, you know, I'll go at to you. She was like, oh, I want to go out to dinner. I was like, all right, we can go to Olive Garden. This girl, like, and this is a girl i gone a couple of days, so, so I know her. We've, you know, have a little bit of a history. She's, like, trying to play hard to get. She's like, no, I don't want to da-da-da-da-da. I don't want to go there. That's below me. Like, maybe we could get it to go. Like, no, I wanna, I wanna. As if, if like, that's no, better? <laughs> kind of. She's like, I don't even want to sit in there. Like, he's all good like that. And I was like, well, then I won't even take you at all. I was like, and I never want to go to restaurants. I was like, I just wanted to go. someone to go to this restaurant with me. And now, ever since I heard her, she's been, like, sending me all these messages, like, I'll go to Olive Garden with you. It's just funny. What I'm saying is I don't even like eating at restaurants. It's crazy. I used to love going to dining. And now I can't even fucking go to Olive Garden anymore. It's sad. Not right. that Olive Garden's even good. I kind of like that it's bad, that it's unlimited breadsticks. I'm just saying, like, the reason why Olive Garden, too, I don't know why I'm on an Olive Garden rant. It's, it's nice to go, people make fun of chain restaurants, but I like chain restaurants because you don't have to be, you don't feel uppity, you don't feel uptight if you're in basketball shorts or shoes, you know, it's like, that is really what America is. America is one sterile chain restaurant that we just live in, like, you know, and <laughs> and, and so you, you're just comfortable with that. It doesn't mean it's good, right. but it doesn't mean it's bad either. It's That's how I feel like, about
0: gas stations. I'm very comfortable in them. I don't agree but I've been forced into this due to circumstances in this society that gas stations are a, a part of my uh, daily and weekly life.
1: Dude, I'm at gas stations all the time, but what do you mean? In gas stations in what context? Like, using the restroom or just going into them in general?
0: Oh, dude. I just, I just like, try, like going into new ones like every time Oh I,
1: yeah i love convenience stores yeah i see what you're saying like i
0: like getting the lay of the land like i i like yeah. make friends at gas stations like my girlfriend like probably thinks i'm crazy when i go to the golf gas station near my house because i'm always like coming out laughing she says that she doesn't think i'm crazy okay never mind but well
1: that's like a bodega a gas station yeah no i love gas stations i love places where you feel comfortable you don't have to feel like Like, I don't like highfalutin places, and I can fake being, like, high-class just like anybody else. Not that, well, I do have to fake it because I'm not really high-class. But I'm saying, like, I just don't like
0: uppity, stuck-up
1: places. Those are my least favorite. Elitist-type shit is my least favorite crap on earth.
0: Right. Well, that's why I despise New Haven so much because that's all it is. And then, you know, not trying to be discriminatory here, but then everything else is, like, an ethnic food, which is, like, you know, it's fine, but I don't want to eat ramen. Like, I'm not like a ramen fan. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: but what ethnicity are you talking about? Like North African, Asian. No, I mean? well,
0: There is, there's a lot of different ones, but mostly it's like it seems like over the past five years, there's way more ramen and Asian type foods ever. And I'm just, I don't know what it is. I'm just not a fan of noodles, so I, I tend really? to avoid those love- places.
1: I'm a noodle freak I guess that I have to hold on my diet I like That's sushi funny. though
0: I do like sushi I'll yeah. say that but I'm not like I'm not a big fish person either so when I get but you sushi had
1: like Thai I'm just surprised you don't like like drunken noodles or
2: flat they don't have a
0: I don't think they have a single Thai food restaurant in New Haven I, maybe I'm wrong maybe it's in like a di- in another neighborhood but at least downtown where all the highfalutin and everything in between is yeah. But, you know, it's a university town, so it's all, it's highfalutin, so.
1: And they have that annoying hamburger place, what's it called again?
0: But I guess my point, oh, Jake's way back. that's not in New Haven, though. No,
1: not Jake. the The oldest place, Hamburger Harry's, or what is it
0: called? <laughs> oh, the Hamburger Hut? I don't know what it's called. Oh, Louie's no, the Lunch. One where they
1: yeah, Louie's Lunch, where there's no ketchup in the burger, looks like they're not even cooked.
0: Right, and it, it looks like you're in like a like a confessional when you're in there. Like it looks like, like a priest is going to come out and like hear your sins. Like it's a very weird restaurant.
1: Can you imagine working in there like for years on end? I've just seen, I know what you mean. Like it's like dark wood paneling. It looks like, like hell. On the <laughs> yes. inside. It doesn't look very, it doesn't look like the same as Olive Garden. I'll tell you that much.
0: <laughs> no, Olive Garden. But you know, I don't remember if it was you or somebody else that was pointing this out to me, but how the like, All the new restaurants are not new. All the uh, new renovations that they're doing on these like fast food chains. Have you noticed they're all going to like this slate gray looking design? And it's
1: oh yeah, the minimalist. I dude, it's funny you say that because I noticed that even Taco Bell. They used to be so creative and so cool. Wendy's used to have like cartoons, and the Taco Bell you'd go in and it looked like the Nickelodeon studios. And now, dude, a McDonald's looks like a freaking like a Costco looks right. like a doctor's mean, office. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just it's so like, sterile. I don't even know. It just looks terrible. And all of them are starting to get like that. Like this Popeye's I was I just drove by, like this brand new Popeye's they built. It's just like orange and white. And you can tell it like they're trying to look so futuristic, but it just looks weird. Right. I don't even know how to explain it. it. just. I mean, I'm sure I'll get used to it like everything new, you know, but it just doesn't look like It almost doesn't even look welcoming. It looks like the new world order, like the globalists, like idiocracy. Like they're homogenizing everything. Uh, Maybe it's just they're just trying to make it blend in. Or I mean, I guess I don't know what they're trying to make it look upscale. I, I don't know. I don't know why the fast foods have gotten this minimalistic gray shit. But that's like that's the future. That's like the soylent green. That's how. That's how, like, uh, mm. I, and, and that's honestly how, what I believe, though. I, I don't understand this, and that's why I'm never going to be, like, some conservative. We should have subsidized restaurants in the United States. I don't understand why we don't have a restaurant where people could eat at for free, you know, and, I mean, and people could tip or whatever. Like, I just don't understand. I mean, I feel like that would solve so many hunger and food waste issues if we had an actual restaurants people could do that for free. Like if you subsidize Subway and literally anybody could walk in there, I mean, I don't know how you'd figure out where you get one limit, you know, where a person couldn't take advantage of it. But dude, you know, there's so much food waste in the United States. We could have some sort of governmental restaurant and it might suck, but at least families wouldn't go hungry when they
0: want to eat. Right. Well, people might be listening and being like, well, it's a, that's called a food shelter or a, what do they call it? Uh soup kitchen.
1: It uh, is. That is, that's exactly what it is. But I'm saying we should just, all we, we bail out these companies anyway well, you know, have,
0: we spend all this money on freaking tanks too and all this all this weaponry yeah some of that money can be diverted into into feeding but, but the saying, homeless could, for sure
1: but, but I'm saying it could be like a government kitchen like oh like like a soup kitchen or it could they could literally subsidize subway they could buy one of these fast food chains and they could you go eat for free at McDonald's like fuck McDonald's I mean if it, the average cost is ten dollars per day or whatever. I mean, I hate for all the cows, but we should be able to feed people is what I'm saying. People should be able to go anywhere in the world. This is my opinion. I know this is probably, you know, far out there. And if they should be able to walk into a place if they're hungry and get something to eat. Like, that is one of the biggest things. Well, and uh, I think
0: think the impression that we live in a world uh, that's like where there's scarcity is, you know, it's just not true. Like, in other countries, there's an abundance of food because they're living mostly... Agriculturally, you know, obviously, whenever you go into a city and urban area, that changes. But I think if we got back to a life, a more pastoral, uh, agricultural way of living, that would definitely not be, you know, or or at least just grew our own food in our own backyards instead of spraying them down with weed killer every spring, you know. And that's kind of like Jim Gale's whole thing, which I. I don't think we've had Jim on your show yet, but we got to get Jim on your show. That'd be, uh, I'm sure you'd be interested in talking about all this stuff. Now that you're, you're on this health kick. I mean, I always, you know, Oh, hello. Hello? Sorry. I just got distracted. Somebody, my girlfriend sent me this, uh, somebody on, on YouTube.
1: You're on a health kick. I'm on a health kick. We can talk to Gail, but let me tell you. Let me tell you what the real deal is. Is the government subsidized fast food would be terrible and it would make people like totally sick. And you know, you can say the you know whatever, but the food waste that we have in America is unreal. When I was an extra in Hollywood, they used to like let the extras take the food because they couldn't give it even to homeless people because they had given homeless people the leftovers food from movie sets, and they sued Sony Studios and like lost a bunch of money. So like we live in a society where we can't even necessarily give away at these food banks without like oh, you yeah. can't even just I used know, to work not, at a farmers market
0: and we would have leftover bread at the end of the day and you know bread like you don't just like put it away and sell it next week it's going to go bad in a couple days so at the end of the market my boss would let me take home some bread and I would always take home five or six loaves and spread them around my group of friends and family and and then one day I just had the idea like, oh, let me share this bread with some homeless people. See, you know, if we can get this bread into good hands, you know, just feeling good vibes that day. And I'll tell you, dude, how unappreciative these people seemed. And given, you know, they don't have a toaster, they don't have a bread yeah. knife. So if I hand them a loaf of bread, they're kind of like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? But it was, it was a little disheartening when I handed someone a loaf and then, you know, come around the same street 20 minutes later and that loaf i handed somebody is like ripped to shreds on the ground you know
1: <laughs> yeah but what do you expect i mean that's the thing and that's the other thing is like i do believe we have the resources we could probably totally end homelessness and I, maybe i'm just totally far out there because i mean we could uh, you know the military industrial complex takes so much stuff and a lot of them are veterans that are homeless but The problem is a lot of homeless people just want to be, they don't want to be helped. You know, they're, they have a mental health issue. They're comfortable living in the open air. Yeah. Or they just are just They're just so far gone mentally. They can't even get organized enough to even, you know, go and sign up for social services to help themselves.
0: Well, yeah. And I think that just goes to show that our society has problems inherent to it that, it can't solve in and of itself because it is the source of those problems. You know, they're just like, it's like a a tree trying to cut its limbs off to save itself from being infected by the parasite when, you know, the parasites already in its trunk, it's in the roots, it's everywhere. It's, you know, killing a tree. You can't just cut the limbs off and expect the tree to heal again. You know, it's that kind of approach that we tend to take in every I don't know, in the Western world at least, seems like that's the general approach, the you know, cut and slash and burn and see if that fixes it.
1: Well, I'm about to cut and burn my diet. I'm about to cut and burn a lot of these calories is what I got to do. But, I mean, Love I'm it. telling you, man. Um, but I'm telling you, though, that fast food is terrible for you. The more you eat it, the more you crave it. So, Agreed. Like, I. Well, well I, but I mean, I guess my point, what I was trying to say is like, you know, you were teaching me because not, not, you were teaching in a good way how I'm eating all that bad food. But like I was purposely letting myself go a little bit too. So it would be more of a dramatic weight loss. But now, like now that I'm starting, I'm kind of like, why was I doing that? Why well, didn't I know.
0: <laughs> you know? It's
1: like instant regret, but it's okay. I'll you were justifying
0: your hedonism. That's all right
1: exactly you nailed it i was just like my hedonism and now i'm like why was i eating three milkshakes a day i mean i was literally was i was using this thing some days i would have four milkshakes because i have the mcdonald's app and every you can use one coupon an hour and there's always a coupon like they have the you know certain coupons that are always there and there's always a coupon for buy a shake and get a shake free and there's always (laughs) a coupon for a dollar french fries but you can only use it one an hour so like sometimes i would go in during the day and be like well, I'm going to go get a milkshake and use my milkshake coupon. And I'd go two times, and I'd go later, and then i get the fries for a dollar and, like, a burger with no meat. You know, it'd be, like, $2. Because, like, I think I'm getting a snack, and in my mind I don't think it's that bad. So I'm like, oh, well, it's only, like, two or three bucks. Like, what the fuck? It's not that much food. But, dude, I, when you do that twice a day, it's, like, terrible. But, but I really have – but let me tell you this other sad thing. I don't know if I told you this either. This is so messed up, Mark. And this is why i got to stop eating at McDonald's my mom died two months ago. I don't want to get too deep into it, but before she died, they were not feeding her. So I would bring her in milkshakes. And you know, the first couple of days she was in there, she was able to, you know, I was able to give her milkshakes. So that's the last meals I ever had with my mom were vanilla McDonald's milkshakes. And it just blows my mind, you know? So it's like, I just going there, the nostalgia, because I just lost her and like drinking those milkshakes makes me think of her. So it's like, I mean, I'm mean, eating there for emotional reasons, not just nothing to do with little hunger. <laughs> you know, I'm not eating milkshakes. I'm hungry necessarily. Like, I'm just like craving the, the, you know, chemical response from eating there. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And I did, I do think you mentioned that to me, but I mean, that's kind of why I asked you like what your thoughts are on 2022 with your show. Cause I know the show is very important to you. You love live streaming. You love your audience. They're. In love with you. I mean, I've never seen someone get a thousand dollar donation in one night. <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, I've done that. I've done that multiple times. Multiple time times. I, but
1: yeah. But but I don't want to be like that. But listen, well, here's Mark- the
0: thing. Here's the thing. I'm. I don't mean to cut you off, but I was making a point that your boy is able to live stream now, and I got it all hooked up and set up. So I'm just. I'm just waiting in the wings here for you to have me back on your show so we can do some cross live streams and uh, and get into some oh, you're stuff. Ready,
1: you're ready to do some live shit together. And I agree, Mark. We do need to ramp it up, you know. But
0: this is the one
1: thing I was thinking about, like when I was walking the dogs. Uh, it was actually last night and I was thinking about it. And I love the car business. I still have to sell cars. a friend of mine is just messaging him. You know, well, I got lucky that a friend of mine out of college ended up buying like four or five uh, Meineke car care centers. So even though I haven't been hustling a lot of cars lately, he gets a lot of mechanically cars, and they don't really want to sell them. So he's been letting me sell them. So I've been making good commissions for my friend. So what I'm saying is, I'm still appreciative to be in the car business. I still do it but I am so freaking happy that I have my show and get to create content and that I have an audience and that, you know, I'm not making a ton of money from it, but I'm making a little bit of money, a very little bit, but I'm saying it brings me so much joy that like, I know what I like. You know what I mean? It's like, I I don't even know how to explain. Like, I'm so happy I'm finally doing this. I regret not doing this earlier. And I just, every, every time, like, I think like, Oh man, Cause I haven't been going live as much, but that's just cause I haven't been kind of in a bad funk. Like, cause I'm just not emotional. It's not really an energy thing, but whenever I have that kind of low energy, like, Oh, I should, you know, I got to come up with an idea. Like you need to sit down and, and think of an idea. I'm like, fuck, I could either do that or I'd have to sit down and look at the car auction list for an hour or two, you know? I'm like, I would rather sit for an hour or two and write some comedic thing or think of some, Mm. you know, meeting to troll or look online for, you know, some organization to go try to call out.
0: And you know what's what's so cool about what you're saying is I think that is becoming a reality for a lot more people in this new world we're living in with the whole internet money that's coming in you know i was just listening to greg carlwood on his uh, plus member show talk about some nfts that he was getting into and i don't know a single thing about it but and it's dude, exciting and let me
1: cut you off i i think crypto is a you know good deal i'm happy rock band they're paying in crypto like that that's a good thing but dude nfts to me from my little knowledge of crypto seems like the biggest scam in the world because Yes, you own it, but all you have is a digital receipt saying you own it. You can still copy and paste or cut, I mean, literally screenshot a freaking NFT and post it like it's yours. I mean, so I get that there's some sort of digital security and it's black, It's backed by the blockchain, but if you, like this, this Bitcoin expert that knows way more than me that I was listening to is like, you know, NFT, you know, Bitcoin's just a, a functioning, it's just a tool that an NFT uses. To function. It's not, they're not one in the same thing. You see what I'm saying? Like right. NFTs, people are just buying them because they want this digital art and they, they the reason why they can claim it as owning it is because you have the blockchain technology. But an NFT isn't necessarily Bitcoin. Like, you know what I mean? It's right. not a cryptocurrency. Well, so here's, really- here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. So I agree with that. I agree with that. Where I was going was with, you know, the excitement <clears throat> of where we're heading and how you know, content creation and, and making funny content is literally like that's a new commodity that had a lot more, you know, doors you would have to get through in order to make a living doing that. Now those doors are pretty much gone and it's just up to, you know, the listeners to basically decide who they think is funny and i think that's a more organic way for us to find entertainment in the first place so you know instead of a movie studio telling people like oh yeah this guy's great you'll love him you know people find who they love on their own but that was where i was going but since you brought up the the point about nfts i will say greg talked about that and i don't want to give away exactly what he was talking about because it was part of his like plus member content but he, he's talking about how this like game that he is part of that's like it's you basically you buy an NFT, but the NFT works in this game in a way where you generate all of this, you know, whatever currency it is in this new coin. And the game itself, it's kind of like they took the process of how these coins are minted and gamified it. So he's not buying. I don't think he's buying art. He's buying somewhat of like a, a piece of this process that creates, a yes, a stake. So that that to me is exciting because I'm just like, oh, wow, there's a new way that this guy's making money. And obviously he's got some money to, to throw around into that stuff. It, it sounds like you need you know, a couple hundred dollars in Ethereum to even get into something like that, but... Yeah, I just you know, being on Rockfin I just converted my first Ray token into Ethereum, then into cash. You did. And that was exciting. You
1: did. So you did cash it, you didn't keep it in Ethereum, you decided to actually turn the Ethereum into cash, I don't blame you. You well, needed that money.
0: Yeah, well, I needed the money, but also yeah. I I definitely see the value in holding it. it, you know, and I probably will moving forward cuz the Patreon's been returning a lot. A lot of people like the best friend book club, which is great, but it also bothers me cuz now I have to give away more of my books. But and,
1: and you want and you wanted to see how to convert it and how it converts. I don't blame you. I just saying I I've converted it into ETH, uh, you know, Ethereum. But I haven't cashed it out yet. That's the only reason I'm kind of like, oh, shit, you already did it, you know. And, it well, was, think, and what was the process
0: like? I, I haven't even done I'm blessed. Shout out to my homie Kevin who supports in the Patreon, and he hooked me up with the few sponsors that we have. But he's very knowledgeable, so he walked me through it and and help me out with it because you do need to have ethereum to cover the f- transaction fees yeah
1: gas fee yeah you sends you that yeah i know yes. i didn't know that either the first time i did it but There's it a seems like you. it's
0: easier now than when i first tried to figure it out because coin wallet coinbase wallet and uniswap okay. is what i used and it was pretty simple
1: well, listen. Once you get, once you like get, like I like I said, I made my first move. I just moved, turned some into Ethereum, and then I haven't turned that Ethereum into cash. I was just gonna hold the Ethereum because I thought about you know just to have, and I kept a lot of Ray. But like I'm just like new into it, like you, you know. I haven't even done converting it into cash, so it was it was a pretty easy
0: process. Yeah, yeah, it was easy. I mean, I probably paid like forty something bucks just to try to convert Is that in it. gas fees. But it's I've heard it bucks. gets as high as, like, $400, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, I know. It does, and especially if it's, like, yeah, no, it gets way higher. You know, if it's, like, a lot of money or something, you know, if it's, like, thousands of bucks, I think it's, like, it gets in the hundreds pretty quick. Well, it's expensive, dude. I guess all the bit that's how they make a whole nother ecosystem of uh, economy money, you know, a whole different economy of just the miners and the gas fees they right. can charge you know, that has nothing to do with the Bitcoin.
0: Well, it's, you know, it's exciting cause it can all blow up. That's the value of having, holding the Ray. Cause you never know, like Rockfin overnight, the value can go. Cause I remember three, four weeks ago when I was like, Oh wow, I'm, I'm getting a lot of Ray token here on the Rockfin account. I saw it was at like a dollar, per Ray token. And then like within a few weeks, it went from like a dollar and 50 cents to like almost $2 and then went back down to like $1 and 60 cents when I cashed in. So I, I think there's definitely a-, a point to hold the Ray as long as you, you can. Cause it seems like Rockfin's not going anywhere. They're growing. And what's cool is there's, you know, I didn't expect to get into the whole fucking crypto conversation, Right now, but Polygon apparently is uh, a new crypto that's going to be built into basically what Rockfin is kind of uh, like they're going to build it around a multimedia sharing platform. So that's good news for us creating content because, you know, these kind of platforms like Rockfin are only just. Beginning like Rockfin's a flagship and Float, who I I know personally, I've met the people behind Float. They seem really cool. They're in line with everything we believe in, so they're not like some Mark Zuckerberg fucks that we got to worry about in five years. I can attest to them. They're mm-hmm. nice people, <laughs> but but and you Mark, know, Mark they're may have still been an in okay the
1: guy. Mark may have been an okay guy when he was a kid. I don't know, you know, before he, he had to tell soul, probably
0: true. And when you said that, I almost thought you were talking about me for a second. And that's also another reason why I probably dislike this guy, Mark Zuckerberg so much. Cause he has the same first name as me, but, but yeah, I, I think floats a good example of a, of a app that's really like only just getting off the ground. And a lot of podcasters, I think have accounts on it. I haven't really used it much cause I just have so many other places that I publish the show that it just seems like it's, it would take forever to put all my content in all these different places. But I think that's my 2022 resolution is to get on Float, get on Rumble, get on Odyssey, get on BitChute and get in touch with maybe people who are in those sectors that don't know about my show yet, possibly. And and then, yeah, live stream, you know, because Rockfin makes it easy. And I don't know if you do this, but I, I stream free on Rockfin. And then after the live stream is over, I put it behind the paywall and that seems to be a good way to get new Rockfin people because you get way more money for that than you do anything else on Rockfin when you get somebody to sign up. So.
1: Yeah, I know I haven't been doing the premium content as much. I'm about to start doing that. I'm about to take the content. I'm about to get more organized with it here. You know, and I say that, but I'm guessing by the summer is kind of my goal because I, I know that'll be, that'll be two years. It's kind of my two year anniversary. I think is in May, the end of March, I mean, the end of April. Uh, And so that's kind of when I want to be, like, dialed in and kind of maybe have a schedule and really get my show. Because right now, like I said, I still create. Like, I still just want to do what I feel, like what I just think is funny or what I – I don't want to even have a schedule and even put that on myself. I just want to let myself be – have a little pressure to create. And so so it's just I do it when I want to, you know what I mean? Right. And then hopefully after two years, like, I just monetized my YouTube channel so now I can get super chats and stuff. I'm just saying I'm going to hopefully, like you want to put on other outlets, maybe I'm on enough outlets, but I just maybe organize my system and actually create content behind a paywall or create content just for paying people, you know, exclusive to them in order to make it more professional.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, and that's the other side of it is I want to create a, um, a membership platform on my site so then Patreon will just be like phased out. It'll still be there for people who love Patreon, but but yeah, I I definitely, those people who are with me now in the Patreon will be grandfathered in to the new membership platform. But yeah, I I guess it's, you know, what the big guys, the big players do is they use Stripe, right? So I set up that account and yeah, the plan is to find somebody who can help me put it into the website in a neat way. So it looks halfway decent and uh,
1: I don't even know what Stripe is. What is Stripe?
0: So Stripe is just a payment processor, so, you know, they they, they work with anybody.
1: You you, you can charge memberships?
0: Yeah, they'll do a whole whole range of things for anybody who's doing, like, online services. But, yeah, for podcasters, you can charge people a monthly subscription fee. Or you can, there's also, like, a feature where you can sell them a podcast, like, you could, like, on iTunes, you know, where it's, like, a a fixed uh, price to download it, you know. Which, yeah,
1: like ninety nine cents or something. Which I don't, I don't <laughs> like
0: that because people can just go and pirate your content. You know, someone would buy it and just show it to a bunch of other people. You know, so yeah. But either way, that's the direction I'm moving in. I don't know how it's going to come out with Alt Media United because I think there's a cool opportunity for us to maybe create a membership platform where multiple shows have their premium content one play in one place. But I also think that like, that's, that's like a a thing that, you know, (laughs) everybody has to be like willing to participate in. So it wouldn't be something that the whole alt media United cooperative would change to, it would just be like, maybe like a product of the cooperative, like this was started in the cooperative and became its own thing outside of the cooperative. Does that make any sense?
1: Yes, yes. Because I mean, it had to be its own thing that manifested.
0: Right, like it wouldn't be financially connected to the cooperative because yes. there are people in the show in the cooperative who have you know their own membership platforms already set up, and that's that's why I invited them into the cooperative because I'm like, well, these guys are our you know people to look up to, and and they can. Share some info and knowledge if they're so grac- gracious and some have. Darren and, and Graham are, are probably some of the most helpful podcasters, I'll say, in the cooperative. they're all, Darren's always chiming in and helping people out in the Telegram, which I never see you post on Telegram. You're never on Telegram. Is that something that you're going to try using?
1: Let's talk about Telegram and then I got to go. Everybody's on Telegram now. Why am I not on Telegram? I'm such an idiot. Are you a Telegram head now?
0: well I I guess so because so many people were already there in the first place like when I started helping out the union of the unwanted that's what they invited me into they're like all right we'll join our telegram group you know so because that's where they all chat and whatnot and anybody who's been on the union of the unwanted as a guest which you have should be able to join that so I'll send you an invite but but yeah it's cool I mean there's at least 15 or 20 people in my patreon that are also in my telegram and some of them join the patreon after being in the telegram so it's a cool way to connect you know like i feel like it's one thing to be like when you're when you're at like carlwood's level or sam's level like you have so many people hitting you up you don't you can't connect with each individual person but for me and you you know right now at our current yeah, stage we, we have a little bit more time to do something like that and there are certain people i'll say who like they're very helpful. Like they like your show and they want to help you out. Like a Brian shout out to rhythmic dragon was just telling me about my levels. According to him, my audio levels sound a little wonky. So I got to fix that. Sorry to everybody out there with a trained ear. I am not a professional audio technician. I'm learning all of this, but yeah, long story short, telegram is a great way to get in touch with the people who like your show. And then, um, on the other side of it, I post pictures in there, videos. And I even get like voice messages, like people, I asked everybody to send me a a 30 second clip of their name, where they're from and why their family thinks they're crazy in one or two sentences. And we got some pretty hilarious responses. You want to hear one of them right now?
1: Yeah, why not? I need to get my te- just motivate me to get my telegram going.
0: Right. And you can live stream on Telegram, you can video chat on Telegram. You can even I mean if you have a mixer like me, you can even like have a video chat and record it and do a podcast on Telegram. So it's it's a big it's a really cool platform. So this is from my homie Tuna. Yeah. Yo and Tuna. And my family thinks I'm crazy for a lot of fucking reasons. But conspiracy ain't one of them keep it real man (laughs) hey everyone this is Brian. (laughs) jumped right into the next clip
1: but yeah isn't that cool yeah tuna sounds like a real good guy i
0: like tuna a lot look at that look at that tuna you got a shout out from our homie Alex and Tuna. Tuna is a patron just like you. I don't know if you even realize this, Alex, but you have a, a spirit animal name because you're a patron of my show. So I gave you a, a spirit animal name. I gave everybody a spirit animal name. Do you know no, yours? You don't know let, yours yet. Let me yet. guess
1: it. Let me guess it. It is. If I have sky bear, it had to be something. Coyote,
0: wolf, blue wolf. <laughs> blue wolf. Yeah, that would be cool if you were Blue Wolf. So let me just, before I tell you your spirit animal (laughs) name, let me just tell you. uh,
1: It's not as cool as Blue Wolf, but okay, go ahead. Let me just tell you,
0: we don't pick, you know, we don't handpick your spirit animal name. It comes randomly from two decks of tarot cards. One of them is all animal tarot cards, and then the other one is kind of like a Native American tarot card deck, so it kind of gives you, like, your... Quality, right? So, some examples of some cool spirit animal names are peyote butterfly, humorous moth, responsible tiger, thunder dragon.
1: I like this. I like these.
0: So, your spirit animal name is the fertile mouse.
1: Okay, that makes me nervous for (laughs) two fucking reasons. For one reason, the other night, this girl. I told you that Olive Garden Girl, she came over to my house and or she didn't come over to my house. Long story short, I'd been I'd messaged her, her and I went on a date like a year ago and we were just stayed friendly. She sent me this message, you know, like basically kinda almost saying, like, hey, if you want to hang out, I'm down to you know, I'm like almost basically saying I'm horny in a way. I don't know how to say it. I have to look at the message and see how She said it and I sent her like, you know, I'm down, you know, I'm kind of in a weird place, you know, I recently like lost my mom or something, you know, I kind of gave her like that. Not, not, I was trying to get pity, like for to fool around me, just telling her like, I'm kind of not in an emotional state. Like, I don't know if we just have casual sex and she was kind of persistent. She's like, no, let's do it. And I was kind of like, okay, fuck it. Let's do it. (laughs) And so we've had casual sex a couple times since then. And, and just one of those times I didn't wear a condom and I don't think I ejaculated in there, but now you're calling me the fertile mouse. I mean, this is not that long ago. What are the chances?
0: Damn dude. Okay. So, and you know, what's interesting. I gave you that spirit animal name in October or no, no, no. Yeah. I, I think October is when I first started the spirit animal name. So everybody, in fact,
1: you didn't tell me till now. is weird. Like right after I just recently got laid without a condom, raw dog a chick. That is so weird.
0: Well, let's, That's, I mean, weird... we got to find out the spiritual significance of the mouse.
1: Well, I don't have that big of a dick, so maybe it's just because I have a normal-sized penis. It's the mouse. It's my, you know, because maybe instead, it's like, instead of it being like the cobra, it's just like the mouse.
0: Right, right. Well, you you would be wrong there because cobras don't have penises. So, uh, a mouse has a bigger penis than a cobra. No, but
1: I'm saying like like a mouse is like I don't know. I mean, my penis almost looks like a mouse. I mean, not hard, but I'm saying like a limb. I did kind of look like a big mouse.
0: Well, let's just put it this way, Alex, okay? The, the mouse is associated with the underworld and is in touch with the dark powers of the deities there. However, some cultures believe that the soul took the form of a mouse at death or during astral travel. So, you know, there's a lot. You know, the the magical attributes of the mice, secrets, cunning, the ability to remain inconspicuous or invisible in appearance, signals the need to watch for small details and fine print, or the double meaning in words. So there are a lot of warnings with that come with having the mouse as a spirit animal. And remember, spirit animals are not forever. They're just a symbol of, of who you are in the moment. So yeah, it's interesting that you have that connection. Are you ready yeah, to be I a mean, father?
1: No, dude, I'm not <laughs> ready to be a father, but I mean, I don't think she's pregnant. I mean, it's just what are the chances? So, what, what is the fertility symbolism in the native American? Like, you know, I wonder what that card meant. Was it like a pregnant woman? What was the, what's the symbology between fertility?
0: That's a, well, you got the Coco Pele card, the Coco Pele card, which is so weird because I like, oh, I, I just picked up the deck and I'm like, all right, shit, I got to look through 44 cards to find the one that, you know, and the one right at the bottom was this one, Fertility, which is Coco Pele. So a little bit of synchronicity there for our synchronicity wow. watchers, but yeah, so Coco Pele is a very rich symbol a mythological symbol. Let's let's go let's duck duck go it. We don't use Google. We duck duck go things. I know you said you had to go, but it seems like I've compelled you enough to stay. I'll I'll keep this short, but Coco Pelli is usually depicted as a humpbacked flute player with feathers or antenna like protrusions on his head, who is venerated by some Native American cultures in the southwest United States.
1: Wait, he's a flute player with what? Two heads? What was this thing?
0: with two antenna-like protrusions uh, on his head or feathers. So he's um, like,
1: a, like, like a fairy or something, or like a weird like gnome type thing, like a Jar Jar Binks?
0: <laughs> yeah, you could imagine him like a Jar Jar Binks. I'll send you a, a picture. But, yeah, so they, they say another theory about Coco Pelli is that he's actually an anthropomorphic insect. Oh, that's interesting, because mice eat insects. Huh. I've never seen that before. But yeah, so yeah. it's it's a fertility symbol and he's supposed to be playing a flute and you know, you're a performer in a sense. I mean, you've acted, you've you've been no, in I'm a productions. Performer 100%. You know, I you perform in to... the street, you perform in the bed, you know, you do all this. These...
1: <laughs> I performing in the club, dude. I perform in the locker room, the weight room, dude. There's no way I don't perform. I just I mean, I perform in the the cat's room. I mean, dude. It's just I can't believe I didn't get like I can't believe I got fertility, dude. What are the chances, bro?
0: That's really well, well, Let's you're go really tripping me out. Let's go and give you a reading for right now because that was that was a little stale. We gotta we gotta give you a reading right now. So we're gonna pull two cards out of the sacred spirit deck. And
1: this would probably be better with a visual representation of the card, but I guess you can explain it just as good.
0: It, well, yes, that would be optimal. This is from the Sacred Path deck.
1: I think Skybear knows we're doing something satanic or something. Wrong oh he's my going. god, he's, he's freaking out. He can tell that this isn't. Skybear's a really big Christian, so he
0: knows something. Uh, uh, Skybear is not a really big Christian. Don't
1: he is? He's a real big Christian. cats, cats Christian love magic, hunters. dude. I know, but Skybear is not. He was a victim of magic as a as a kitten, so he's really he's, he's dedicated his life to the to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Is he a cat? A black cat? No, he's gray and white. He just likes the Bible. He likes to sleep on it.
0: Right. Okay. So he's on the he's in the white hat cat league. Mm-hmm. He just rests on it, and
1: I think he. He, you know, he learns. He learns through osmosis. He really is a biblical uh, way about him. The way he licks his fur, and he even eats. It. Like I imagine, you would eat when they ate during the Bible times. So he's just really connected to it. But enough about Skybear's religion. <laughs> I would love to pu- pull this card and see what the heck I got cooking up. Because
0: well, you're heading towards they're... you're heading towards a victory.
1: What, dude? I need to take a W, man. I've been taking all these L's lately, and you know, Mark. I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that because I'm going you know, I just stood up for a second and then got a little rush of blood in my head. But dude, I took I took so many L's in 2021, like constantly, not just with like, you know, and like you could say, oh, you know, channel grew or something. Like I could find like little victories and stuff, but overall, like nothing really stuck out. Even like the videos that Ben Shapiro's showed that got like mil- a million views or whatever. Like I look back at that, like I could care less. I don't have any pleasure. Like I almost like don't like it cause I need to do it again. You know, it's almost like a drug. So what I'm saying is I do feel like somewhere I have to catch a break. Like, like even if 2022 is, I'm not even expecting it to be a much better year. I'm just saying in general, like the roller coaster ride of life, I've been down. I deserve an upswing here. You know, I deserve something to be knocking around the corner. Something should be around the corner for me that should put me in a good mood. Probably only temporarily, but I'll take it. Even if it only temporarily makes you happy for a week or two. Well,
0: here's the thing. Here's come. the thing. You can, you can be temporary because, you know, we might read you again next week or a week uh, after that, and you might have a different set of challenges. So this is telling you what's coming ahead right now, hopefully in the next couple of days. So there is a victory in the cards. We pulled the, the counting coup card, which is a, a symbolizing a victory and then adding a feather to your war stick, which is sort of like sort of like it keeps a record of your victories, right? So I think you uh, you have a victory coming your way, and it's gonna come through fire medicine, which is what does that mean? Well, you have to you have to use some spontaneity and connect with what you're passionate about. And, um, and that may Fire lead.
1: medicine. That may I like lead that.
0: To a situation where you know. Does
1: that you, mean weed.
0: Well, no. It could mean. It could mean. <laughs> it could mean like a sweat lodge, but it also could mean like doing something, like an endeavor, like this fitness castle yeah. month, right? Now yeah. there is the these the last two cards were pulled four cards here. Uh, our cradle board and moon lodge and the cradle board represents the ability to respond. So you need to be responsible. I think that, and there is a baby on this card. So that may be what, what? you're.
1: another baby card. Dude, so, and you, I brought you?
0: so you need to be more responsible. That's for sure. And that might mean retreating. That's what the moon lodge card represents. And, and channeling that they that,
1: can't raw dog this chick anymore is what that exactly what that means. Well,
0: it, it means retreating into like channeling your passion and, and being spontaneous with what you're passionate about, which, you know, given what we talked about earlier might be creating content, like you said, and that's going to lead you to a victory. I think so. And also the otter is uh, with you for this as your, as your spirit guide, so to speak. So if you can go by some a river, and spend time by the river, that would be a good place to connect with the otter energy, and you might find some answers that you might be looking for, because you, you need to be responsible with this whole thing you just laid out. I mean, there's no, in in this realm, in the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast realm, there are no coincidences, brother. So the fact that the fertile mouse and the cradleboard card came to you, is just uh, yeah. It's a, it's just an indication that maybe you need to retreat and be a little more careful about what you're doing and uh, plan things out and and yeah. Who knows what'll happen? Maybe it's maybe it means that person's the right one for you. Maybe it means maybe it means not. And you just do what you're no, doing. They're
1: not the right person for me. Gosh, I hope they're not pregnant. I hope that means I still have time to change. Gosh, I hope.
0: Well, there is no worry on that. We have plenty of time. The world is not ending anytime soon. We have, we have the whole world That's ahead of us.
1: True. I mean, the world, I feel like, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know if the world is going to end, but I just no. feel
0: like, uh, you know, the no, 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 gonna
1: the, yeah, the world's going to keep
0: on Yeah, the world's
1: going to keep going no matter what, but I'm saying like, I used to think like, oh, life is like real long or whatever, even though I'm like afraid of death and I think about death so much, dude, it's just when, I'm just telling you, it's before we know it, even if we live a long life, even if we're like Betty White, we're going to be like 99 you know she didn't want to die. Like, it's never enough, I guess, is what
0: I'm saying. Did Betty White die?
1: Dude, yes, RIP. Are you kidding, dude? The last day of the year is the biggest news of the year.
0: Yesterday she died?
1: Yes, and she fucking, they they won't even admit that she definitely had to get the COVID because they had, her last article, she just had a People article talking about how she felt. She was so thankful for her good health. And um, they were filming a huge 100th birthday party for her in 17 days, January 17th. And uh, I'm sure she had to get vaccinated to do all that filming shit. And then they said she just died of natural causes.
0: Wow. You heard it here first, folks. The real Betty White conspiracy. <laughs> Damn, I did not expect that. And that's funny because I have heard three people mention the Golden Girls in the past few days, which is really weird. Gordon White, in a conversation he had in September, I was listening to a podcast that he did on the Higher Side Chats, and he said he was watching the Golden Girls and then my mom just now today went to hang out with her friends and they watched The Golden Girls. So maybe that's what why they watched fucking it. fucking
1: chances, dude? And it's funny. I was talking about The Golden Girls the other day. I mean, I just there is a lot of synchronicity with that. Wow, that's weird.
0: You're the third person.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just weird. It's just weird. The, the, I mean, because she was on my mind before she died for whatever. This girl sent me this. I would talk about her on the Baby Truthers show, and then just this this girl named Mary, just a fan, you know, of the show an uh, Instagram fan sent me a picture of how she dressed up as a golden girls for Halloween. And then like literally the next second is Betty White's dead. And so it's weird. It's really well, weird. Well, well, Mark, well, here like we are. Said, life is short. Even for if the it's first long.
0: day of 2022, Alex. Okay. This episode's probably coming out this Wednesday. So tell the listeners where to find you, what to expect from you. Cause it's 2022 brother. I know I got to let you go. Cause you're a busy, man. You got things to do. But but here we are, starting the, the new year off the right way. I remember last year we we started the new year off on the Idiocalypse podcast a bunch. You remember that those days? Yeah.
1: Was that when did we kill that show? When did I accidentally
0: kill oh, that? Oh, don't put that on me. I was not participating in killing yeah, that show. There, <laughs> a little bit. Your vibes were there. I mean I
1: killed it. But you know, it's funny because there were there'd been some beef between me and Cheney before, like but it's neither here nor there. Forget about the idioculars. It's not all my fault I got killed, even though I was the executioner. Um, <laughs> when was that? When was that that that
0: happened? That was, like, uh, it had to be, like, last January, because I remember we did the, like, end of the year oh, show Oh, right after.
1: Yeah, it was right after fucking January 6th. Well, it was right. right before January 6th.
0: No, I think it was after, because that's that was what was the... That was the sensitive point that got everybody bickering. But, you know, things change. That and was
1: a year. Oh, Mark, that, I hate to keep telling you off, but it, didn't this year go by so fast? Doesn't that feel like forever ago?
0: Yeah. Well, and it also feels like 2020 and 2021 blended together. I've been saying that yes, here and there. True. And, and yeah, I don't know. Oh, also I was on uh, Tim Fall hat, the swarmies, and I forgot to mention you. I'm sorry, buddy. You were one of my favorite guests on Tim Fall hat. I will say that for the record, but I did not admit, forget or remember to mention that, but I did mention some other stuff that I regret. So go ahead and listen to that. If you <laughs> want you to laugh at me. You mentioned regret. What do you
1: regret mentioning?
0: Nothing. I just, it's just the way it came out. I'm just, I always get nervous talking to Sam whether it's recorded or not. So so yeah, it's just it was just a little nerve-wracking and uh, that's why I want to have XG on my show. That's why I want to have Johnny on the show and maybe if Sam is isn't so busy, we'll have him as a guest on the show too cuz I feel like there's still a lot of room for me and the guys to get to know each other even though I work as the booker for the show. I really don't talk to them that often. So so that's probably why I feel uh, a little awkward about it. But maybe not. Maybe you'll listen and be like, what are you talking about? That was great. Maybe I'm just insecure.
1: It's hard, it's hard to just try to talk in any part. It's not hard because you do it. But I'm saying like, you know, when you're trying to be witty or trying to remember stuff, like you just forget stuff all the time. Oh, and exactly also I'm, I'm,
0: not, I'm not funny, nor am I pretending that I'm a comedian. I mean, I think I'm funny every now and then. But like, so. I think you're funny. Well, thank you. But, you know, talking to Sam, it's like a whole nother, you know, everybody has a different sense of humor. And I feel like Sam's sense of humor is, is it just, it's, it's hard to compete with, you know, like you can't, uh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, can't, yeah, yeah, like yeah, he's he, great. He's hilarious. So it's, I'm almost like, well, why am I going to make jokes? He's the guy, that's what he's here for amongst many other things.
1: But Sam's really gracious guy, too. He's actually pretty nice. He's good at not being the center of... I mean, he is the center of attention, but he's also good at like giving attention away. He's one of the few guys I, I respect. He's good at that. Like, you know, like the temporal hat High and stuff, you know, I feel like he gives a lot of respect to Eddie, you know?
0: Mm, well, and you know, he, he could deserves act like it.
1: He's, exactly. I'm saying he could act like it's all him, but no, he's... He, Sam is... He helps people out, and he gives respect to the people that helped him, so that's why, you know, Sam's a good guy.
0: Right. Well you can look forward to more stuff with Eddie. I'll say, can't say what I know cause it is still a secret, but they are going to be doing some really cool tinfoil hat live shows. And Eddie is definitely involved with those. So look forward Good. to that. If you're on the West coast, I know there's going to be a bunch of shows happening there. And obviously where you're at in Texas, they'll definitely be there again. So I don't know. Maybe they'll do something in New Jersey, and I'll be able to drive down. But nobody comes up to New England. At least any none of the comics I like. So just kind of up here and hanging out with the podcast yeah. friends and all my internet and you're not friends. A football
1: fan? You're not a football fan, but everybody up there loves the Pats, right? I mean,
0: yeah, I'm not a football fan, but I live with a family of people who love sports. So yes, there's. I mean, no, my mom likes the Steelers for some reason, and and then some people in my family like. The New York Giants, for some reason, and See, then, the
1: Giants are a really popular team. So they they like the Giants. Why? How far are you from New? I mean, how far are you from New you No, know, like Foxborough,
0: Foxwoods. You mean
1: Foxborough, Connecticut?
0: Where's Foxborough, Connecticut? What's that? What's special about that? that?
1: That's where the Patriots play. Really? I'm pretty
0: sure. I think you mean. Yeah. I think you're thinking of Massachusetts.
1: Yo, oh, yes. Duh. What the fuck? Why am I thinking Connecticut? Obviously, it's a uh, masshole, Boston. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking Connecticut.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Well, there, there is a thing where people like on this side of the river, like the Yankees, and people on the other side of the Connecticut River, like the Red Sox. So, and then you have people everywhere in between who like weird teams. Because whenever you're in a state that doesn't have. Uh, its own, you know, professional sports teams, it's always like a competition, you know, we like this team, you know, they like this team, and then there's, like, weirdos who who like random teams, like the Dolphins, you know.
1: Yeah, I know, that people like a fucking team, and, and this guy, Danny Gomez, was born and raised in Dallas, and I worked with him for a while at Cheaters, and he loved the Dolphins, I never got <laughs> it, I loved Dan Arena, I mean, he still does, he's always talking about Dolphins, you guys. I've right. only been to Miami on vacation, which is cool. I mean, I'm just saying. Right, it's right. It's right. funny. You think that. Yeah, people that's people
0: who different. like the Dolphins also like a pizza and other things like that. So yeah. I have them in my family, I'll just say. <laughs> They're Italian. Yeah.
1: And this, and, you know, if you're from Dallas, like, you're either like either a diehard Dallas fan, or you kind of hate the Cowboys. You know, because you're sick of or annoyed by all the Dallas Cowboy freaks. That's
0: the other. That's the other weird one around here too. Is p- some people love the Cowboys for no of reason. Of
1: course, dude. In Connecticut, yes. I don't know why I was mixing up Massachusetts and Connecticut. I guess when you said New England, I just was like, wait, what? Is-?
0: The Whalers back in the day—that was like a professional hockey team, the Hartford Whalers. But you know, oh yeah, people don't yeah, like to. Stern
1: was in Hartford, Connecticut. Dude, there's like nothing in Hartford, Connecticut, right? I mean, literally.
0: It's like the insurance capital of the country. It's like all insurance buildings.
1: Yeah, that's the Prudential. That's where they all are. But he always talks about like the radio His days in Hartford is like really rich people, but there's nothing.
0: Well, yeah, it depends on what side of Hartford you're on. I mean, the north and the south and the east sides of Hartford are not that rich. But the west side of Hartford is all, you know, glitz and glamour.
1: What's the capital, Connecticut? Is it Harvard? Yes. Wow! I just What's was.
0: The cap- I was talking about Austin with Andreas Exertus, and then when I looked it up, some more info, I found out like all kinds of interesting information on your state capital.
1: Dude, yeah. I mean, any city in Texas, dude, has such a rich history. And I'm not just saying that, like, Connecticut doesn't have a rich history. That probably even has a deeper one. But well, the I'll tell Spanish, you what. Spanish American War and stuff. There's so much. It's cool the, shit, I dude.
0: mean, it was its own country in it, in exactly. one period in time. And also, like, Connecticut kind of is like that in a way. Cause when, you know, when they were colonies, that was, like, technically the British country. And it's so weird. Cause now, I mean, half of the frickin' place names in the state are British and then the other half are like Native American you know so it's like this weird like you you have all these places that are like New London and Windsor and you know Essex and you know Greenwich and then you have like Pequinock and Quinnipiac and you know all these other yeah. weird words that are in between so yeah but we could talk forever we're pals. But tell them, tell them where to find you and we'll end this podcast and I'll let you go because I got some dinner staring me in the all right, eye you, right now.
1: Just, you just go to pornhub.com <laughs> slash conspiracy Castle and you're going to get all the X-rated stuff. And then if you go to pornhub.com slash Alex's Feet, You'll get like all of my feet content. You're going to see my feet with fettuccine Alfredo sauce and ketchup.
0: Wow. Folks uh, go to the live stream right now and, and we have, we're screen sharing this. This is amazing. Beautiful stuff.
1: Yeah. If you guys want to check it out, just, you know, all you got to do is go to pornhub.com slash conspiracy castle and you're going to be able to find the RSS feed. You're going to be able to find my email address and pictures of my butthole spread open. So and, and your you physical know, you, address,
0: right? So people can show up at your house
1: yeah oh for sure and my strip club where i strip if anybody wants to come see me yeah so well i make myself available if you guys want to find me you know if you can't find me you're not looking
0: (laughs) in in a mcdonald's parking lot near you alex stein coming soon
1: god bless all right peace mark have a good one
0: i love you guys good luck with the fitness castle i hope you lose a lot of weight and i hope you hope you have a great 2022 i'm sure i'll talk to you real soon
1: I got to check my fertility mouse, but hopefully I didn't get any girl pregnant. Lord have mercy.
0: (laughs) Peace.